Um, yeah, I've got to say before before I say it because I always do the episode before thing, we even welcome anybody but, to the show. Well, listen, there was that many sound effects in there. I'm I'm like my head's about to explode. Let's get this started in here. Let's get this started in here. But I guess what I'd need to say is uh, welcome to show 120. Yay! The Veteran Gamers Podcast. Oh my you know, god! 120 is the factorial of five. What does that even mean? Factorial is when you take a number and you multiply it by the number before it and the number before that and the number before that all the way back to one. So five times four times three times two is 120. What? Let's get it started. (laughs) (laughs) Get started. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Who's who? I have no idea anymore, but... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna try and get through this tonight. I think that's what I'm gonna do. So I know, yeah. So we have Ginny here, yay! Ginny here uh, with special guest Tara somewhere in his bedroom. What bedroom? Where do you think I record this? Well, I don't know. I thought he was in your bedroom. Are you not in your bedroom? You crazy, um, Tara's. Uh, what are you doing right now, Tara? She's watching Four RD on the Xbox, but she doesn't like you. Dick just played a, a sound clip that would insinuate that you're a diva. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you, Tini, is it because you're rubbing off on her? Is that is that why? Come on, Stu. <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> uh, and uh, we've oh. also <laughs> we've also got Duke here. Well, I'm high, it enhances my creativity. No, it doesn't. Look at these paintings. The artist was stoned when he painted these. Those don't look like real flowers. I have no idea what that even is. Uh, have y'all seen Dazed and Confused? Uh, sort of, I think. Awesome. You yeah, should totally yeah. watch it. It seems like it's just about a bunch of stoners, and it is about a bunch of stoners, but it's also about, like... That transition from childhood to adulthood and how you live your life compared to what other people want to do for you and all sorts of other things. Um, so we watched it again this weekend. Glorious as ever. Uh, Slater is the best character ever. We got our report cards today. Oh, uh, yeah. How'd you do? Straight A's. Um, but it also had this thing in it, this sort of public, you know, special public announcement about cannabis the the deadly drug and all the horrible things that happen and they had why do you blow pot and i don't know why because i've never heard it referred to as blowing pot but anyway uh and that one guy was the artist is like it enhances my creativity and the guy goes no it doesn't yeah it can do though can do though can't it apparently well yeah, but the, the whole thing is that the the movie is supposed to be like here's all the it's like reefer madness like it's this over the top like here's why it's so bad yeah i think we need to see it probably yes it's funny stuff. You should check it out. Dazed and Confused. Special features. You should do a podcast with Ad Roxky and CPM. Yeah, you uh, should do. Awesome. 
movies, yeah. things. Movies, movies. Yeah. Right, who are you? Uh, I'm the daddy. Not the strongest start to the show. No, it wasn't Jim. really. Got to I'm going to give this a uh, seven out of ten. Really, I think it might have been as low as a six, to be honest. Well, well everything. It doesn't matter how good or bad it is. It's always it's always a seven out of ten. So. All right, okay, I get you. What what if it was out of a five star rating? Uh, that'd be four and a half out of ten. <laughs> Here incorrectly, people. We are evaluating our own show as we record it. That's quality. No, the start of the show, not a whole show. I'm sorry. The start of the show. <laughs> Which is apparently four and a half stars out of ten. Yeah. Anyway. Otherwise, oh, very nice. Anyway, right, my my wife did a funny this week. My wife. My wife. Story, story, story time. Because I got The Witcher 2, right? And it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of adult in content is should we say um so my wife was my wife my wife was downstairs sat on the you know sofa checking her you know texting emails and all that kind of jive on her phone and i started playing the game and the first scene in because you do a bit of a tutorial thing right which isn't in the pc version but when you start playing the proper full game it literally starts off in like a tent like a Bedouin type. Thing. Or is it push, push up for thrust? No, no, no. You <laughs> Bedouin tent. No, you you don't. Bed. Oh, in. Right. Yeah, you see, yeah, huh. double double mean. But anyway, he mm. sort of starts off. He's in bed with, you know, his sorceress mistress type thing, oh, and she's God. totally starkers. Okay. I assume that means naked. Completely, yes. Completely naked. Starkers. What the yeah. hell is that? Stark naked. Stark naked, isn't it? Completely starkers. <laughs> anyway, so she's a no kit on. He's the sort of no kit on. Although you don't see anything, you know, any of his tackle. I mean, no clothes on, American listeners. I'll provide a translation as you go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So you yeah. don't see his tackle or anything, right? No it's... nut shot here. <laughs> uh, but you do see pretty much everything she's got to offer. Right. Of course, oh, lady bits are exposed. Indeed. Now, my wife at this point was sort of looking over the top of her phone at the TV. Uh oh. But I know what I was looking. <laughs> but uh, didn't really make any comments as such. Then, then some dude comes to tell you that you've got to go and see the king. Right now, interestingly, he's from Birmingham. Uh, the man who comes to the tent door. <laughs> <laughs> Does he say, "Hi, I'm from Birmingham"? You know, he comes. He goes. Just tell by the way he talks. He goes, you're right. The king wants to see you. So, um, hey, Max, mate, I want to stop playing her and get on the king. What's it? Britons for me, but Britons. What's interesting, it. Greg got mixed up with like different British accents, thinking they were Eastern European, but no, actually, most of the accents are either Welsh, uh, Cockney, uh, Wolverhampton, Birmingham, stroke, sort of that part of the country, Geordie. Uh, Geordie accents. There's a pretty much every British accent you could imagine in this game. About Liverpool is Liverpool. In no, no, no Scousers. Not that I noticed. Hey, you're right, mates. Hey, Witcher. You're right. Hey, oh. come on. <laughs> no. But it's funny, right? All the baddie type characters in the game are Cockneys, right? So, you know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? That sort of Cockneys equals gangster equals baddie. So, so they're all those sorts oh, of. What are you yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah. So all the body characters speak a little bit like that, um, apart from the elves. Uh, but they're kind of cool. I like the elves in this game. They're, they're b- badass elves, they are. They've got eye patches yeah, don't and mess with me. scars and 
cool stuff. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, we're going off the track. So anyway, so my wife was like, you know, pretending not to be taking any notice. But you could tell she was looking, you know, and sort of watching what was going on and listening to a bit of the story and sort of, you know, taking a bit of notice. Well, it transpires when she came home the following day. She said, oh, I was, I was trying to tell Simon about that new game you're playing at work, right? And I said, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she went, yeah, she said, what, what's he called again? I'm like, oh, it's The Witcher 2. Oh, I couldn't remember what he called. He said, well, what was it like? And I, she said, I said, oh, it must have been an, like an old-fashioned game, right? And he said, really? Why, why, why was it all? She said, because the woman in it had a really hairy muff. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, there you are. <laughs> so, okay. Classy woman, your wife. <laughs> Classy woman. I know. So, yeah. She thinks... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, she thinks uh, She thinks we're weird. Yeah. What about her? She's the weird one. I know. <laughs> so, hurry more. Keep that equals, up, dude. That's a great word. <laughs> equals old-fashioned, apparently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. But I might as well carry on talking about it as I'm talking about it. <laughs> might as well. Might as well. Uh, did, she, did she see a hairy muff, or did she think you was fairly tough? No. <laughs> it, thanks, was, thanks. it was definitely a hairy muff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have fun with this, this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, but I've got to say, it was a very detailed hairy muff, has to be said. You know, and breasts. Good breast physics in this game. <laughs> um, anyway. anyway. It's a shame there isn't six axis in this game. Indeed. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, I so, think that was in real life. <laughs> so, yeah, really. I mean, as with Greg, I've first of all got to talk about the game package as a whole. Yeah, <laughs> package in the US sometimes refers to... I know. Men's bits. I know. Okay. Just okay. as long as you know that. I'm I translating know. the other way, too. I know. So, anyway, it's... it's uh, oh, God. Uh, it was really good. Brilliant value for money, I have to say. And for some weird reason, it was listed at £37 plus postage at Amazon. Okay, which would have been about 39 quid. That's a pretty heavy package. <laughs> when it came... <laughs> It was £34, including postage, so they, they cut the price down to 31 quid. Damn. Which is impressive. And for that, you get the game, you get a, like a guidebook with all the main quest lines in it, like a little mini guide. You get the music um, CD, and mine was signed by the developer as well, no less. Nice. So I've got to say, I mean, first of all, right, all developers should be doing this, should be giving you great value for money. I mean, like... You know, what's not to love? You know, everything that you want could be there. It's great. Really good. And the map. And the and the chucked in map as well to unfold out. So that was really cool. Um, Sweet. The game itself starts off... I've got to say... What if you built up with that and then you were... The game itself is shit. No. The game itself is interesting. The way it starts out, it gives you this little tutorial mission. You no, know it starts out. You're in a tent and the guy goes... Uh, Actually, that's a that's a lie. The way it starts out is with one of the coolest intro sort of movies that I've ever seen because I, I avoided naked woman. No, there's no naked women in the opening movie. Is it the thing with the boat? Yes, brilliant. Oh, that's cool. That is. Cool. I absolutely avoided watching it. On- yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I that wasn't really applicable, there, dude. Well, thanks for sure coming. It was. it was a zinger. I, I absolutely um, avoided. Uh, watching it, watching it before I actually got the game, but I've got to say, it's so well 
done, brilliantly done. Very, very cool. Um, so that happens, and then it takes you into this sort of tutorial mission where you have to make your way to like a town, and then when you get to the town, you, you're basically fighting in an arena, and then it determines what level you should play the game on, depending on how well you do in the arena. That's kind of cool. So you don't choose easy, medium, or hard. But it, you, you still do that, but it, it gives you a suggestion of what it thinks you should play on, depending on how well you Based play. on your first fight? Yeah. So how do you do on your first fight? You get whomped? Pretty shit, really. Pretty shit. Uh, and it, right. I mean, sometimes people don't do so well when they're first. <laughs> he said, he said, play it on easy, you'll be fine. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. So I did play it on easy. You can change the, the difficulty at any time. So I might let, I might actually notch it up because I'm finding it a bit too easy, to be honest. I'm really not struggling with anything at all. At That's this. the opposite for your sex life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spaghetti here. What do you want? <laughs> so, so yes. So you get, so you get that out of the way. It's it's a little bit annoying the the tutorial because it stops you about every two seconds to tell you something, which is good because it's trying to sort of tell you everything you need to know. But there's a lot to take in in a very short space of time, and you find out more as you start which playing. Is the the same as your sex life. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Almighty! So, so you get that out that's of the that's way. That's stupid though because. That's not the way we actually learn things. You can tell me a hundred things. I'm going to remember maybe three of them. That's when I how start we feel. doing them, yeah, when I start yeah. doing them, it's like, yeah, that'll actually sink in then. So they should do it that way. It, feel, it feels a bit like information overload. Like It's almost like, here's how to play an RPG for noobs. So take this in. You'll be fine. You know, it's, it's a bit like that. And it, it's hard to take it all in. And I would imagine that some, like, say you'd never played an RPG before and you just think, oh, I'll give this a whirl. You might feel a bit intimidated by it because it tells you. Well, to start with, man. I would never recommend this is the first RPG someone plays. Definitely not. Well, having said that, he's fairly accessible, I've got to say. Well, I'll come to that. Anyway, so you get that, you get that bit out of the way, right? And then you get into the game proper. And that starts off with the bit in the tent with the sex stuff going on although there is no sex there is no actual sex it's It's implied it's implied you've just had maybe had a bit of sex right and and what's quite funny about that part as well it almost sort of it's like it's a bit of a nuisance this dude's turned up because he was in the middle of something you know what i mean it's like oh god gotta go guess guess we'll have to call it a day at this point whatever so yeah that's kind of cool um so that happens then you play this sort of intro mission okay where all this bad stuff happens. And I'm trying not to give any spoilers here. Uh, but it, it's done in a way where you're in a dungeon and you're recounting the story to somebody else. Just like Dragon Age 2. Yeah, So and it keeps on obviously doing the flashback to, and then you play the part that's in your story, if that, if that makes any sense, I guess. So, yes. So that's really good. Really coolly done. Very well done. And then you escape from the dungeon... You know, and that's when the game proper begins. Um, it's it's very very good, I have to say. I've got to say, this game is very mature, and I don't mean mature in like ooh, there's tits and ass and all that stuff. Because even the sort of the naked woman beads, you know, it's it doesn't really. It's just like she's there. It's not that's like just immature part of the game. It's ridiculous that they call that stuff mature. It's not though. It's not done in that way. It's just done in a very natural sort of. You know, you've just been woken up or whatever, and you're with your missus or whatever. And she's totally naked. That's very. Well, naked. to be honest with you, I found that more 
realistic. Warrior than, culture there. Yeah, in. but I find that more realistic than when you see a program where the, the woman's there with the sheet pulled up around the neck or whatever, and it's like, that's really unlikely. In a real life situation. With sheets up around their neck? Come on. Yeah, you know, that doesn't happen, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's just been having a bit of the old, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the sheet's not going to be straight. It's going to be a bit rooked up because, you know, they've been having a bit of the old, you know what I mean? So it, it's very naturally <laughs> done. He's talking about sex, American listeners. Yeah, it's been done. It's done. It's done, oh. it's done in a very natural way. But I've got to say, the dialogue is very sort of. It's almost up there with sort of lock, stock, and two smoking barrels sort of expletives. Have to sort say, of. Sort it's of. very, yeah, sweary. Yeah, the c words used quite a lot. Really? Which, yeah, shocking. I don't. I don't like that word. Well, it's used not a lot, but it, uh, on occasion it's been used. And I've got to say, I think "cute" is just an ugly word <laughs> compared. <laughs> compared, compared, make it a little shorter. Compared to something like Skyrim, it's it's quite jarring because you're not expecting it. You know what I mean? And it's it's very because there's not really that I can remember any real swearing in in Skyrim you know, at all. Is you know in a. Remember that, that video that you showed us, Duke, about unnecessary censorship on Skyrim? Yeah. Well, you, probably, you probably need it for real on this one. So. You do. Honestly, yeah. it, it is proper. Some of the stuff that they say is really near the knuckle. Mm. You know, and, and every other word, right? Like the guy who runs the town you first go to, every other sentence has about five or six expletives in it. You know, he, he, that guy does not take no shit. Those um, are expletives, ladies and gentlemen, in America. Yeah, they call them expletives <laughs> over there. I don't know what the hell. It's like aluminium and advertisement. But, but again, the dialogue root and wrote. The dialogue is really well written and really believable. You know, it's done. The acting's not the best in the world. You know, it's not the best voice acting you're ever going to. It's slightly probably better than Skyrim in places. In probably most places, it's better than Skyrim, if I'm being honest. But the, it's just the dialogue I've itself. played five hours of Skyrim. You don't get to comment on it. I've played 35 hours of Skyrim. Well, that's not nearly enough to comment. It's enough to comment on the blooming dialogue. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, 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 it's very good, I've got to say. It's, it's a really impressive like narrative i'm the story is multi-layered i love the way that the quests are structured um because like you'll you'll start a side quest um i'll give this as an example because it doesn't really spoil anything in the story at all here we go uh but for instance one of the side in the game you're fighting a dragon no one of the sides so there's this spaceship yeah <laughs> yeah one of the side quests you can do and it's not really, it feels like just something you can do. You can go to the pub in the town and you can enter a boxing contest. So you can sort of, now the boxing mechanic in itself is a bit, is a bit poor. It's basically just copy the buttons on the screen prompts and it's a bit quick time eventish, you know, and then obviously you beat the shit out of someone, right? So that's kind of cool. And it nice finishing moves. He always has a nice finishing move. Um, but after you beat the second person, some other dude turns up and he says to you, oh, I've just been watching you. You're a pretty good, you know, fighter. Can handle yourself. Come and see me, you know, outside the inn after dark, and I might have some other stuff for you to do. You know, just come and see me. And it leaves it that, and you can either do it or you don't have to do it. You know, there's no sort of compulsion to go and do it. Now, when you go and see him, he then takes you off to this sort of really dodgy, illegal back street fighting venue sort of thing. So it's sort of each little like in side fight club. Yeah, each little side. Well, the actual quest is called. What do you think the quest is called? Come on. Uh oh, I don't know. I think it's called A times B times C equals X. That's what it's called. It is called Fight Club. That's the quest. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say snatch. Yeah. So 
so that's kind of cool. And all the all of the side missions are a bit like that. Then in the town itself, there's like a notice board where you can go and pick up other stuff to do. Um, now, the thing that obviously I've mentioned quite a few times uh, running up to this game, would, would there be the no loading the same as the PC and all that kind of stuff and it'd be all totally open? Oh, well, Fight Club, awesome. The answer to that question would be no. There are loading screens. Jeez. But what I would say is that they are kept to a minimum and they are quite short. You know, the vast majority of the loading screens are pretty quick, pretty speedy. Um, so you're never taken out of the game for too long. And they've managed to link some areas together without loading screens. It's just at certain points you'll get a little loading screen. Uh, but again, like I said, they're, they're very tiny and it's only a small pause, so it's not a massive deal. It, it still is probably the quickest I've ever seen on, you know, any, you know, Xbox 360 RPG type game. So that's really cool. Um, the, the graphics, it's, it's not the best looking game in the world, but it is in some ways. It has some of the best lighting effects I've seen on a on a. What bullshit are you trying to pull, Stu? No, it's true. It's true. The character models and stuff like that aren't that great, but it's the details in the environments that's really good. Details, cool. people. The details. It's the details. It's like the lighting, the particle effects. Uh, even things like crows and stuff, you know, they just sort of hang around and seem to do their own thing. And, yeah, they, they sort of, the animations. Do their own thing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to, without Yo, giving crow, any, what are you doing? Without giving any thing. spoilers, it's hard to tell you. <laughs> without giving any spoilers, it's hard to tell you why, but, you know, they, 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 it feels alive. I'm not sure about the crows doing their own thing. Yeah, the, the environments feel really alive. Uh, the enemies are really clever, the way that they work. It's not the standard sort of Skyrim follow you around until you kill them. You know, that doesn't happen. Um, now, the combat, we need to talk about the combat, because the combat's kind of interesting, uh, the way your character's set up. With this, you get all of your magic abilities at the beginning, so you get them all. You, you don't have to require, acquire any sort of magic abilities at all. They're all there to use. Tell you what, right. I was listening to an old podcast, Stu, of ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2009. God, that's a long time. Um, and nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from we didn't have many sound effects then. No, we didn't. <laughs> and that, those days, man. <laughs> but, but back then, we never used to talk about what we were playing. But you, I noticed, would still talk about what you're playing. Well, you'd be talking about what you're playing. That's what happens. Yeah, I know. Now it happens, yeah. All right. But, like, it was funny back then. All right, we start the show... And we go, we're not doing what we've been playing. But I've been playing this. Yeah. All right, and it, Whatever. Uh, you know what? Nothing's changed. Well, anyway. Uh, in those three years. Anyway, combat. 28 oh, minutes in. I know. I know. Shush. Well, if you, if you didn't keep interrupting me, I'll get it finished and then you can move on to your Okay, okay. No, no, no I apologise. I apologise. <laughs> Look, people want to know about this because I no, played a fine. new that's game. That's, that's <laughs> a new true. game. Do you know that new game thing that people want to hear about? Listen, if no one wants to hear me talk about the darkness one... Alright, <laughs> then I don't know what's going on. Exactly. Anyway, so the yeah. combat, right. Okay, I'm so just there's. Busting your balls, Joe. There's lots of layers to the combat. It, initially, it seems quite superficial. Uh, but the mag- magic, there's sort of like fire attacks, uh, a shield, there's one where you can influence people, there's one where you can set a, like, a magic trap and it freezes them on the spot, then you can beat the shit out of them because they can't can you move. you lock on to people? You can lock on to different enemies and unlock and lock on to the next one. But what it does, which is kind of cool, once you get into like a rhythm, it will automatically switch from one enemy to another in a really cool, fluid way. So that's really, really nicely done. Uh, but... 
the, the, the most interesting thing about all of the combat stuff is the way that you use oils and potions in this game. Now, normally in, in Skyrim, I never do any alchemy at all because it's all like, oh, I've got to have the right You're pestle. You're missing out on some important well, listen, potions then. Listen. I'm an American. I don't listen. Listen. You gotta have the right pestle and mortar. Then you gotta have the right skill level to do you don't need it. A pestle and mortar. Talk about you don't need alchemy table in the world. You are misrepresenting the world of you gotta go. All right, all right. Let me just rephrase that. You gotta go find a bloody alchemy table. Yes. When you find one of them, you gotta have the right skill level to do certain yes. potions. Because if you haven't got the right skill level, you can't make them. Then you need a recipe. Then you've got to do like yeah. Then you need a recipe. Then you've got to do the crappy potion over and over and over again to make yourself high enough level to do the really cool stuff. Right, all that crap. Right. With this game, you get a recipe, pick the right herbs, and you can just mix it together and make the potion. So much easier. So, so all I do is just pick herbs everywhere I go. I'm like picking herbs, pick a herb, pick a herb, and then I see what I can make out of it. And it's funny because in America, a lot of times people will call nerds or losers. They'll call them herbs. Like in most deaf songs, uh, there was the same pretty bird I had quietly observed trying to pay me for the herb. And uh, so when they hear you saying picking a herb, I think you're going to a bar and being like, hey, that nerd right there, come home with me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, anyway so, so you can make potions and you can also make oils to imbue your sword with, which also give that magical properties, be it sort of fire damage or poison damage or whatever it may be. Then armor and weaponry all have gem slots in the, in the better stuff. So then you can put gems in and out of them to make them do different things. Now, interesting thing is when you go into combat, you, you have to meditate first. And then buff your character up. So you sort of t- you can take up to about three different potions at the same time, but each potion has a poison rating, and dependent on how strong the poison is depends on how many potions. So the better ones tend to be stronger in poison as well. So you can only maybe use two of those prior to battle, and then obviously you can imbue your sword with it. And each has a time limit, so it'll sort of say last ten minutes. So when you've taken eat, you know drank your potions, you've got ten minutes then to use it within the big battle or whatever. So that's really cool. It's very deep and it's very cleverly done and it's a really nice way of doing combat. So it's got that. And what's cool, you can actually stop and swap spells and things. But you know what? Normally where you do a pause thing and the whole everything just stops. With this, it sort of doesn't stop. It just slows down to a real light snail space. So they keep coming towards you, but they're they're going very, very slowly until you you sort of let go of the, um, the bumper again to restart yeah. it so it's very cool duke i think you would love this game i'm definitely going to check it out i to stop by the communist game shop to see if they had a new copy of it but no nope. we do not we have <laughs> prey one so <laughs> well, that used but they also have mass effect 3 new so but i also had that used so why would i buy it new and it also has something apart from something like dark souls you know and demon souls that i haven't really seen in very many rpgs it has boss fights um, so you'll get to a certain point in the game where you have a big boss fight to do. Yeah, uh, and it's part of the narrative, so it's sort of you have to do it. Yeah, it's very, very, very cool. I've got to say, I am totally engrossed in this game. Um, yeah. Every time I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about playing it, which is a really good sign. Uh, but it's great. I can't, I can't recommend it enough to everybody. Don't get, don't get me wrong. There are a couple of very minor sort of issues. You like pretty sort of minor technical ones like for instance it's sometimes really you can tell it's a port from a pc because sometimes it's really hard to lock you'll you know you'll walk past something and you'll get the a button to examine or pick something up but 
you, you know, it's like done off before you've managed to do it. And then you sort of end up walking around in circles trying to figure out what had been highlighted. Yeah. Now, the way you've tried to get it past this, and I don't know whether this was in the PC version, I assume it was, but he's got sort of like Witcher vision, so you click the left stick and it does this sort of outward arc around the area, and then that highlights anything in the area that you can interact with. Which is kind of cool, and it just works. So you do that quite a lot of the time. You're sort of doing that nearly all the time to pick up stuff you need. Um, but it's very good. I mean, like, one of the main missions, um, I missed doing something because I, I caught you up, but that was it. I couldn't go back and get that bit, so it made it harder to do the end of it because I couldn't go back and do it. And it, everything's optional. You could go completely unprepared and have a go and then probably get killed big time, or you can sort of spend a bit more time and get everything you need to do what you've got to do. It's very good. Can't I really can't tell you how great. How many hours have you got into it? I'm probably, if I'm being honest, probably about six or seven hours already. Really, maybe a bit longer. Right, I've, so I've lost track of time. Just past the start screen. Though. Yeah, I've I've literally lost track of time. It's one of those games where <laughs> unusually. I'm here till Thursday. I know. Yeah, unusually. Uh, for for an RPG and especially a PC game, you can't save anywhere. It, it literally is checkpoints. Yeah, which is interesting. So you find yourself going, "Oh, I've got. I can't actually stop playing now till I get that little sort of egg timer on the screen to tell me that I've got to a checkpoint because otherwise I have to do all this again." So it, what on the screen? It, it, there's a little egg timer thing. Oh god! Oh my god! It's like into that one sound clip overload. So that's that. So it's very good. I can't recommend it enough. It's it's brilliant game. It would be a great spoiler podcast, you know, because obviously there's lots of grey areas. Everything's grey. There is no so like you. When uh, when we all play it yeah. in 2014, we'll I know, do a spoiler yeah. podcast. Yeah, we should do that. And then after that, in 2015, we'll do Mass Effect Three. Yeah, it's it's all totally grey. There is no like whereas Bioware is all very black and white with their decisions. In this, you're never really sure whether you're making a, a good or a bad decision. Should I bone this girl? Yeah. Or bonus and it's it's really really well done. I can't ever recommend it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing I've played is Trials Evolution and Team Fortress Two. So I'll let you two come on and I'll pitch in because I know you've been playing Trials, Chinny. So I'll let you uh, take that one on. Um, yeah, Trials Evolution for the people that don't know is the sequel to the uh, it's the successor of Trials HD. Um, it's all right. Only joking. It's the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> Here till Thursday, available for birthdays. Um, yeah, so Charles Evolution is fantastic, um, but it's it, it's gotten hard for me. Like the, she said, um, like like in Charles HD on the expert levels, it gets to a point where they just get very difficult, and that's where I am in Charles Evolution. But some of those levels, they're fantastic. Um, they've really played around with the formula. You know they. It's no longer just in a straight line. They give you massive environments. You, you curve around, but you don't have to control it. You still just have to press the right trigger. They haven't changed it that much, but they've changed the environments and what you have to do. There's a bit of kind of platform and elephant, uh, elephant, a platform and element to it now. It is a platforming element, and I yeah. think what's bugging me is that it feels like they've added, like there's this climbing thing you got to do now. I mean, you had to do it sometimes in the first game, but... It just, I don't know, it, it kind of turned me off with all that stuff. And it's just, it seems harder, like significantly harder. I think, I think, um, I don't know, I, it feels easier to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, but you like, suck at these games, I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, they, they are frustrating when you, when you do it. And there is something about these games that just make you want to do it. And 
it just it it's just a great you know well designed game, and I think you know there's there's there's, no there's, little, there's little things you know when you finish the the race they ragdoll your little character around. They've just taken what is fantastic about Trials HD, because a lot of the levels in Trials HD was underground kind of warehousey type things, and they just went, let's open it all up, let's put in the most ridiculous levels we can, and there's even one um, that's based on Limbo, and, and it's just fantastic. They've really just gone crazy with it. They've absolutely gone mad. They've thrown in multiplayer. Um, the The... the, the kind of leaderboards is interesting there because as you two know the leaderboards is kind of live you know it's not quite a ghost we, you can race a ghost if you want For those who don't know it's little dots instead it's little dots where you would actually be racing before it was in the top corner it was this little kind of radar thing um but now it's like a dot on the actual map and they go through there's one track that took me 11 minutes on my first go to go through and i was about mid mid-level in my leaderboard, so I'd done pretty well. It was a really long track, and there was dots way, way, way in the background. So it's keeping track of all those dots. Um, throughout I, mean, the whole I mean, just to say, I mean, this is... Do you know what? Well, it's quite interesting. I haven't bought it. I've played the demo quite a lot, though. Mm. Um, now, I probably would have bought it, but for one thing. What I thought this would do, and I think it's a bit stupid, really, because it made it that I was like, oh, I can't be bothered now. I played the demo and I got some pretty decent times. For instance, I've got a faster time than you on the roller coaster um, section of the game. You Probably know, not now, mate. Oh, no, I have. I checked tonight. I'm, I'm still faster than you on that. Mm, well, you don't pop up. No, I don't pop up because oh, I haven't got no. the game. I haven't got the game. I, t- I actually took a picture of it just to prove I got it. Well, um, they, have to, they have to kind of make you buy it at some yes, point. Yes, they do. Too. But listen, listen, right. If, the, if it saved the times you got in the demo and only sort of initiated them once you'd bought the full game, that would be great because I would have probably gone and gone, got some points and bought it. But, but my but, time isn't going to show up because I achieved it before I bought it. Yeah, but if, that was fine because you can have it, and then but you, it won't show up until you buy the game, which is great, right? Because, you, because as you know with Trials, and this is one of the things, right, you, you might never, ever get that time again. Yeah, you, uh, you think that, mate. You think that, but you will. Well, I haven't done since. I've got close, but I've never got quite as good as that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what annoys me because I think, well, if it if it at least saved them and would only put them in if I bought the game, that's great. But the fact it just and also right, you go you want to play the demo again and have another, and it starts you back at the tutorial level again, so you have to unlock everything again. Yep. I'm just like, why is it? Why is it doing? And I get that. Because I get you that, haven't paid for it. Steve. I know, I know, I get that. But it would encourage me more likely to buy it if I didn't have to do that, or if it did save my times. Because I'd think, well, I'm going to go and buy it now so that my friends can see what I actually managed to do in the demo. Yeah, that's Tell you good. what, you should buy it and then do it. I know. I don't think I get it again. I've, I've been close, but not quite as close. I don't know. You'll get uh, it again. But I will be second on my friends list on that track. I'm a bit crap at the others, but I'm. Hey, some of the people on my friends list are fucking unbelievable on this game. Um, kind of the, the people that we know would be... I, Pete, is always up there. Yeah. Um, the, the, a friend of mine... Uh, Chipper, Chipper Cypher is usually kind of up there as well. Uh, a friend of mine called Snowman6. His real name is Matt Darby. I used to work with him. And Matt, he, he's just, just phenomenal at this game. He's, he's top, almost top on every leaderboard... Um, even the hard ones, he's finished it, he's got trophies, and he's just unbelievable. And you think, how, yeah. how do you do it? Um, Curtis, he's from the Play Vault, I believe. Yeah, well, Red Red Bull 69, you know, Red Bull? Yeah. 
Uh, he, uh, on that roller coaster level, when I did this, he was 3,364 in the world uh, on that oh, level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just cool because... You know, and I was one on second, one second behind him I was. Somebody on my friends list isn't on yours, Stu, so I'm competing with him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, but the ass, Chinny's done well. And really in my kind of terms, I've just about beat the person on my friends list. So you, once you know it's possible, you, you strive to do it. You know, you think, oh, I could never get 25 seconds. But then when somebody does it, you go, well, he got it. I can view his replay. It's all fair because yeah. you can view their replay. Yeah. So it's all, everything's transparent. Except the part they put in the cheat code, you can't view that. <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, it's interesting because you see the fastest times and you think, they didn't look to do that much different than what I did, but they're like two seconds faster. How is that possible? Everything goes smooth. Um, there's one. It's about landing in the right spot. It's yeah. about being at yeah. the right angle. It's not necessarily being the fastest, you know. There's there was one track, and uh, Pitbull Peeves from uh, 360 Gamercast, right? He is the top of this leaderboard, and I was like, there's no way how he did that fast. So I watched his replay. And everything worked out perfect for him. Like, he just landed in the right place. Everyone. So when he was done, he was like, oh, my God, that was perfect. Everything was perfect. <laughs> well, the, the uh, other thing, why, there might be somebody on his friends list that's like a, a second faster than him. And he's like, oh, no good, no good. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's crazy. Do you know that crazy level that's in the air and it's all like little islands and stuff? It's like oh, yeah. That yeah. weird, weird level. Really difficult level in the demo. It's the last one you can do in the demo. Yeah, um, the hand, one with a hand. Yes, the one with a hand. Jeez, I still haven't managed to get to the end of that without, you really? know. No, I haven't done it. I still haven't managed oh, to they, do it. They get tougher, mate. <laughs> I know, that's why that's, that's sort of putting me off buying it as well. Yeah, that's why I didn't buy it. I'm like, you know what? It's because it doesn't feel like a, it's a fun game. It feels like I suck because yeah. I can't do better than this dot on the screen. What's wrong with you? you that's do another thing as well. your ass. Because I've been, I've done all the easy ones, the medium ones, and I've done one tier of the hard ones, and one of the kind of last hard ones now. And there's some parts where you'll kind of, you know, you reset, you press B, and you reset, you reset, you reset, and you kind of, you can see that a couple of dots are still doing it. They're doing the same thing as you are, like they're resetting, they're getting stuck at this exact spot that you are. Yeah. And I think it was, um, I think it was Chipper Cipher, and he was going to do what I was doing, and he got it. I could see his dot. At the top of the, at the, I was like, "You bastard!" Chip. And he, I'm, I'm swearing at him, and he has no idea. Like I am playing right against him, but he has no idea. So That's why I need to mix this with the social elements from Draw Something and Connect, and then you can like curse at the person, and then they'll watch you playing it and cursing while you're playing it. That'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, can I ask? By the way, um, what do you think? While we're talking, and just quickly draw something. What do you think about the Zynga update then? On which Zynga update? Well, Zynga bought the that. company. And yeah. then they've since updated it with the obviously you can put in little text stuff now. You can text undo. Stuff is cute. I don't mind that. Undo I'm, your I'm last move, which I think was brilliant. I'm waiting for Zinga to say, for $2, you can get a whole bunch of new words. Because right now they're not actually asking you for money, but they will, I'm sure. Zinga doesn't let that stuff go. No, oh, I'm sure. But I, I think the updates they've brought have been really good ones. I like yeah. what they've done. Yeah, so you far. Know. Yeah, it's I'm happy. I'm happy with how they've updated it, and I'm just playing that loads. That is so let you know, oh. Chinny's regularly scheduled response. I'm seeing. I'll let, I'll let you know. I have played this game now. Oh snap! <laughs> Still, down, the the Kickstarter fund that I tried to to, to launch for just to, for me to have an iPad didn't work, um, mainly because I didn't actually start it. But you know, you know, there's all sorts of logistical reasons involved. <laughs> Uh, mm. But that's probably the main one, to be honest. Um, 
No, so I, I, you know, I've, I've kind of I borrowed Matt's iPad and had a go on it. Yeah, it's good. You can totally see why it's addictive. You can totally see why um, it's fun and yeah, loved it. It is what it is. You know, you draw a picture, but so you see simple. them drawing it. Yeah, it's so simple. Do you know what's really cool for me when someone's watching? Drew, you roller skating. That was awesome. Yeah, that was kind of cool. But you didn't put me falling over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what was kind of cool for me is when you see someone write. They know what the word is, but they actually write all the letters but one, and then wait to see how you finish drawing what you were drawing. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I like that because people are like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see what else he drew before I actually press the, you know, put the final letter in there. But they'll say, they'll show you the rest of the picture when you answer. <laughs> they do, but some people like to just watch how you drew it, I think. I you know. know. You know. And, and it's amazing how stupid you are when you draw it because you'll draw it, right? And you think, oh, it's not quite detailed enough, so I'll do it again. And you spend all this time. And then sometimes yeah. they'll guess the word within about four seconds. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I spent all that time drawing that as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. I love it. I love drawing something. It's great. But uh, Trials HD, oh, if I'd have had points, I'd have bought it. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not inclined to it now, I don't think. I'm going to give it a miss. Yeah, so, as cool as it is, and it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing, and like the you know the graphics and the physics, and you know it's just complete craziness. Some of those, even those like demo courses, are just totally crazy. Yeah, they're great, and you can make your own tracks and do all sorts of different things and share them with people. And yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Yeah, very good, very good. So, so are you inclined to buy this at all, then, Duke, or is this a definite no for you then? Uh, I'm done with trial because I never even got very far in Trials HD. Like I had fun with it. But after a certain point, it became just too frustrating. I didn't care enough. And it was just like, you know, I, I can make it through the, the things, but I'm never going to have a decent time because I have to keep starting over at certain sections over and over again. So it's just like I'm not trying to abuse myself that way. I want fun games, man. So, Ginny, can I ask you, um, what do you think of all the additional little mini games like the Marble Madness thing they've stuck in there? What do you think of that? Um... That doesn't really bother me too much. Like, I had a go. Um, I like, it kind of reminds me of um, Flat Out a little bit. Um, yeah, they're okay. You know, they're, they're, they're a nice distraction, I guess. The one where you have to kind of launch yourself and flap, you, flap your arm. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Uh, they're fun. And um, What else was there? Yeah, the Marble Madness thing. There's uh, ones where you have... The, the, the one I liked is one where you've got like, fuel and you can only use up... There's one where you you've got you, you've got a certain amount of fuel, and you, you when you once you've run out, that's it. So you have to use the hills to their advantage and oh. make sure that you roll as far as you can. And I did pretty well on that one. Uh, yeah, so that's the, the, there's some pretty good ones. Yeah, but like you know, I think the the kind of where the game shines is you know those getting gold on those tracks. And I haven't really tried the multiplayer. I have tried it a little bit. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I've tried it a little bit against people I don't know. And the interesting thing they do is, I mean, it's obviously, it's trials, it's multiplayer, and there's, there's ones where you just win, there's ones where you just, you, you get skill, points, and all this. So that's fairly obvious. But the, the, the one thing that I quite liked was the person who's kind of winning, all right? because you have different rounds, right? So you, you do this track, and then whoever wins, you do another track. And it loads super, super quick, right? I mean, it's so quick, it's the same song that's going on throughout. Um, so you, you can go through a whole tournament just through one, you know, sung uh which is pretty cool but the the the, the thing that happens is whoever came first you so you imagine the bikes are all in a row right so the person who's at the front you can see more clearly yeah right yeah and the person who's at the back you can 
you can't see as clearly. So are you all on one big track then? You're all on one big track, and you're all just you know how there's in in the real game, in the single player game, you just got that one track. You can't turn left or right. Well, just imagine four of those, right? Okay. So you, you you're all in front of each other, and if you're winning, if you come first, you become the furthest one back, so you can't see your bike as well. So you're kind of handicapped in a way. And the person who came last, he's right at the front. Therefore, they can tell that their bike, you know, where their bike is easier when it's all... Because when, you, when you're all in front of each other, it's hard to tell who's where and what's going on. So if you win, you, you've got a slight handicap of where you, where you place for the next round, which I thought was a, a nice addition. But, I mean, he, you know, I, haven't, I tried to invite iPete, but he, he told me to um, get stuffed. Uh, no, he didn't. He just didn't <laughs> reply. I tried to invite uh, somebody else, I think, and uh, that, I think they were busy. So I haven't really had a game with people I know. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, think, I think that'll be fun. It'd be interesting to, to play it with people that I know. But it's a great game. And I'm, I'm going to give the, the kind of track editor. There's a pro version and a simple version of making tracks. So I want to give that a go. On this. It's one of the first games to have 400 achievement points, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, so there's, you know, it's, it feels like it feels appropriate as well with these arcade games because they're so big now. You know, Trials HDs, you could get, you can play that for hours and hours. So it's only I, the, my mate Matt Darby, who's, you know, really good at it. He's already put six hours into it. You know, Jesus. and you know, six hours is is a modern warfare game. So it's it's, it's value for money, definitely. Mind you, to be fair, I probably put about two hours in just playing the demo with me. Oh yeah, yeah, I played the demo three. I played the demo three times before I bought it. I wasn't too sure I was going to buy it. I knew it was great. I thought, oh, maybe I'll wait for a discount. And I played it three times. I was like, there's not many demos I'll play three times. I might as well just buy it. So I but, well, you didn't really oh, play yeah. it three times at all. You played it probably about 30 times because you obviously did each track God knows how many times, I'm sure. Not me, mate. Not me. Did you not? You just played each track once. Well, I just, you know, I had to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now... <laughs> now... That. Now, my review noise for Witcher 2 is this. Uh-huh. So, what I thought I'd ask you is, what's your review noise for Trials Evolution? My review noise is... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that is kind of brilliant. Okay. Anything else, Ginny, this week? What else have you been up to? Um, like I said... <laughs> Uh, oh, oh yes, I have played. Look, it's a new game. That's good. That's a good start. Uh, yeah, that's a new game. It's a new, new game. game so. New game. I have played. Uh, that's kind of new. It was released last year, so that's okay, isn't it, Stu? Yeah, it's not, last bad. Year. That's, not bad. That's not, not bad. too bad. I wouldn't call it a AAA game. In fact, I wouldn't even put A in the kind of category of what this game is. Oh dear. It is a game. It is definitely a game. It exists. <laughs> it's called NCIS. I mean, you talked about this last week, I think. Well, did I finish it last week? I don't, no, I don't think you finished it. Well, yeah. I finished it. <coughs> and, uh... You ten years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Just, wow. wow. Um, <laughs> you know, all the, all the little cases was kind of, kind of linked in story-wise, and guess what? There was a terrorist in, in America, and, uh... What? There was a... a Crime game? No. There was really? a bomb. There was a nuclear bomb on the side yeah. of a building. On the side of a building. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, and it I have to do some a bomb, a nuclear bomb stuck on the side of a building. And I have to do some uh, some platforming where you just press A and then move your stick to the left. 
um, you, there's a little circle that pops up, and you have to press A because you get a cursor. They've, they've not. Oh, this is a port from a PC, and they've done nothing to to change it to the console. You get a cursor, so you literally got a cursor on the screen. You have to put the cursor in this circle, which is randomly on the screen, which is a pretty big circle. You press A, and then you drag it to the left, or you drag it up, and that was the kind of last moments of the game. Well, that that sounds a bit complicated. Then you defuse the bomb. Now, I'm not an expert in defusing bombs, <laughs> but it did give you the cliche of, you know, you have to unscrew the things and all this. Then it did give you the cliche of, is it the blue wire or the red wire? Because there's all there was on this nuclear bomb was like two wires. Right. Well, that, and most now, nuclear bombs only have two wires. Obviously, I, you don't know much about them. I, I don't know much about them. No, I admit, you know, <laughs> I'm not a nuclear scientist. Um, so, but as far as I know, there's two wires in a nuclear bomb. And it doesn't. The, the interesting thing was, it didn't tell you which one to cut. It's like, which one should I cut? I was like, uh, uh, and I just cut one. I was like, well, if I don't get the right one, it'll be funny to watch all these people die. But I got the right one. I cut the red wire. It saved the day. How many? Yeah. How many ways are on the one in Fallout Three? Fallout Three. How many ways are on that one? I don't know. You know, when you set off in Megaton and wipe it all out. Oh, you don't really. It's on a remote. You have to kind of like press it via a remote. You have to put a remote on it, I think, and then just press a button. No, I blew it up though. You see, in I, blew, I, I didn't defuse that bomb. I, I saw that bomb as an opportunity, not really <laughs> yeah. as a. Uh, like Mr. Burke said, like yeah, like like that guy said, I uh, I saw it as an opportunity, not as a threat. To be honest, I saw it as a kind of position of power, way to get me up the ranks. So anyway, uh, I played that, and I started the darkness. Wow, what the darkness too. No, the Darkness One. Oh, so, oh. But the Darkness Two is there, and I wanted to. I played the Darkness before, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I wanted to play this before I played Two again. And so far, the game's holding up. It's holding up well. Uh, graphically, it's took a bit of a hit. It's not the best looking game now, but it's still pretty good. But yeah, I, I really like. I just really like the story in that game. I, I, I find it very interesting. I find it's well acted. It's uh, you know, I love like kind of New York mafia kind of stuff going on. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good game. It holds up well so far. So, yeah, enjoying that. Cool. Very good. Right, Jew. So we've played new stuff. What new stuff have you been playing? This is going really well so far. I've actually been playing a new game, but wow. I'm yet. What? Uh, hang on a second. Just I got a couple things first that I got to get to first. Okay. Okay. First, one thing. When you're looking at a new game that's come out and you go to the overview and you read, you know, the description on the Xbox dashboard and then you can go to the screenshots. Like, that's the first thing I always do because I'm like, sometimes I can tell from the screenshots, oh, this is a twin stick shooter. I'm done with those. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why do those screenshots take so long to load? It feels like they're taking forever and you can flip through the first couple quickly. But then it's like when you get to like five out of ten, it's like it just it doesn't respond when I'm pushing right on the D-pad anymore. Come on, Microsoft, get it together. That should be instant loading. It's quick enough populating your games list, but it's still slow. It's yeah, still but I'm not slow. even talking about games list. I'm no, but about... I mean, even that's slow, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's pathetic because Microsoft ought to get it together and fix that. Anyway... Uh, we had the Wisconsin Film Festival here recently, and one of the movies we saw was video game related. Yay! Or is it indie game? No, it's called Ah. The Ecstasy of Order, The Tetris Masters. And I have a little bit of the audio from the trailer here. Let me play this, give you a taste about what it's about. 
I believe that Tetris may well be the first virtual sport. We always have wondered why the biggest game in the world didn't have a champion. It's the only video game that can be described as perfect, right? Because how would you improve it? Not just a game, it's a history, it's an evolution. I've been playing Tetris for like 20 years. I don't even want to know how many hours I play Tetris. I play like nonstop. The one trick to training in Tetris is to be always almost dead. I daydream during the day. I'll, I'll sit and play Tetris in my head. I have. So it's a really good movie. I encourage people to check it out. Uh, it's very interesting. It's, you know, in the sort of the same way that King of Kong follows these two guys who are trying to, you know, become supreme masters of Donkey Kong. This follows six people who are trying to become the world champions of Tetris. And apparently it's at the first ever, like, world Tetris champions. And they have this guy who won one of the original Nintendo world championships back in the day, this guy named Thor. And uh, he was, like, out of the spotlight for, like, 20 years. And everyone's like, what happened to him? We don't know. Uh, so that's an interesting story in the movie as well. And, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. Uh, so how did, how did he officiate that? Because, like, with the King of Kong thing, obviously they've got proper upright arcade machines. Right. Is, is there a Tetris arcade machine? I don't ever remember the beat. There was, but they don't use that because the best, the most, the, the standard Tetris game for this championship and for the world of Tetris, apparently, is the NES Tetris game. So they play on a bunch of old gray NES machines, and they're all playing at the same time. So it's not like asynchronous as in King of Kong when it was like trying to beat each other's scores with videotape and stuff. Instead, it's like, watching everybody play live and you do lines sometimes and then you do score for other rounds so it's sort of switching off between the two of those Ah. so yeah it's good people should check it out um all right uh something oh yeah so i've been playing we played the team fortress 2 playdate that was a lot of fun that was great you know what i missed that by literally a minute Ah. i saw you sign on at the end there but i guess i came on and i I went to look, look at your name and he said, Duke, Duke Scarf had gone off for one minute. And I went in, and G.H. Rocker and somebody else. Oh, it was Stu, Stulek, Ninja Fox, Tom Bissell showed up for a minute. No, he didn't. Shut up. He was you just made it up. He went, guess who's in, guess who's in. And we looked, and it was no one there. Whatever, dude. You saw I'm, the name. I'm, be- I'm beginning to think that like Tom Bissell is just your imaginary friend. XKX Nemesis, <laughs> Combat Chinos, and GH Rocker. Thanks to all of them for showing up. And I was there as well. Okay. I had said your name at the top. Hey, do you know what was, 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 was kind of cool? Something happened right? that has never happened when I've been playing a game. Right? Someone was keen to have me on their side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Combat Chinos and GH Rocker was still there while Tom I got there. And we was all like... Oh, well, it's kind of finished well, now, Chinny. It's all over uh, now. But you can play Gears with us if you want. So <laughs> they was nice enough to let me play Gears with them. But I was huh? actually, I was kind of doing work at the same time, so I wasn't very chatty. But uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I say people were keen to have me on those. They were until GH Rocker turned up. Who, yeah, he was. I have like, to say, he's a beast at that he's a game. Bit of a beast, isn't he? Oh, yeah. he's amazing. I mean, it, amazing, right? Because I think I'm pretty good at Team Fortress 2, and I, and I hold my own, you know, and I kept being in the top three, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But G.H. Rocker comes along, and he just, he plays so well. Everything he does, he's just like, how does he think to do that? How does he do that? I mean, that last, when we were winning, and then he came with a bloody heavy in that very final, you know, when we're trying to take the, yeah, the capture talk- points. And I was yeah. just like, no, in sudden death, and he just knew the perfect time to do what he did. Oh, and it was horrible because when y'all left, it was two on two, and it was me and 
I think it was Nemesis versus GH Rocker and Ninja Combat Fox, Chain. I think. Combat Chain House, probably. Combat Chain, yeah, I think he was with GH Rocker. And, like, they were just slaughtering us because they were building the turrets, and we were on that dumb map where it's only two flags and you're two control points. So you capture theirs, they capture yours. And, like, they just set up the turrets and they just slaughtered us, and that was it. And I was like, eh, that's not fun. Do you know what, though? It's still, I fun think. People winning. I still think it's one of the most balanced multiplayer games out there. It's just oh, so... It's very, yeah, yeah, it really so is. Balanced. Unless you get people who... Then there was that other dude who was, like, spawn camping, oh, which yeah. I hate. That guy was a jackass. I literally couldn't take a step out of the spawn, and he's like, blow you up. And it's like, come on, man, that's not cool. But we did have fun. I mean, we had some really close cool matches. Real no doubt. matches. Who yeah, needs yeah. who needs leveling up and all that malarkey and I goddamn do. perks and? It's and, fun once in a while. It's not. I mean, look, all you need is hats. Uh, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> all you need is hats. Um, speaking of things that you wah, love, wah, but wah, I'm not wah. as into. Uh, I played Fez. All right. Okay. Um, I played Fez. You had a chance to talk about it. You chose not to. The adults Wallet. are talking now. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, the only one who can get a yeah! <laughs> so, Fez, um, what do you think? It's cool, but it's not 100% logical like Portal is. Because like I said last week, you're, you're, you're facing a long bridge, and then you turn it sideways, and then you turn it back, and suddenly you're at the end of that bridge. And it's like, how did that happen? See, I so just... There's some, there's some leaps of faith you got to take with I don't know. It. I just okay. felt like I got it. You know, I just got it. I don't know. I mean, I get it. I just... It doesn't feel as revolutionary as Portal, and it's fun, um, but it just—I don't know—it didn't grab me. I guess I don't I think I know what you're trying to say, uh, Duke. Is like, provided that we have a portal gun, right? <laughs> Let's just say we have a portal gun. Right? Oh, yeah. um, the, the the portal works within the laws of physics as we know them, yeah. right? It, they work with all the conventions of physics that we use right now. Yeah, Fez doesn't apply to the to, to the, the laws of physics. Yeah, that's fair. There's a little right. bit of faith you got to take. It's a little bit of like, oh, if I try this, then maybe this will happen, and it usually right. does, or it doesn't. So it's a kind of like a guessing game sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time. Obviously, you learn and, and you I mean, get it after a while. Straightforward, like what you have to do. But yeah, I mean, you just keep flipping it around until you can jump on something. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, there's some. No, but there's sometimes where you have to flip oh, it. Chinny. No, seriously, that's no. not. You no, listen. Game. No. Once you buy the game like I have, unlike Trolls Evolution, <laughs> then you don't get it. Does, it. No, what I was going to say is it does get more complex in so much as you have to jump, flip, and then flip back and land on something oh. else, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but it's just get annoying. The, yeah. the kind of, but the kind of rules that it's, it's making up doesn't apply to the real laws of physics. It doesn't. No. You know, like Definitely it's just kind not. of making it, it's got its own laws of physics, which is fine. Just, well, you're changing the planes all the time, aren't you? Yeah, which is fine. Like you know, that's cool. It's interesting. It's new. I, that's I've, I mean, I really like the game. I didn't buy it, but I thought it was you know a good game. It just didn't grab me enough. Just didn't grab. Me. And I felt like this is quite a big investment of time. Didn't really want to invest my time into a game uh, like this at the moment, so I just gave it a pass. But yeah, it's it's good though. Sorry, it dude. Is very good. Pissed all over you or what you've been playing. No, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we if we if more than one person plays a game, we should all talk about it. That's it. It's very unusual that all of us have played one game at the it's, same time. It's true. Um, but then I got a code for the Ghost Recon demo beta. Really? <laughs> this one provides one of those. Thanks to oh, Stu. Oh yeah. 
and uh, so I played that. Well, it wasn't thanks oh. to me. It was thanks to somebody else, but I sent it to you. Well, I appreciate you passing it on because you could have just thrown it in the garbage and you didn't. Uh, did, um, I, did I say it was off, by the way? No. Oh, it was from Hawkson. So it was Hawkson who provided Oh, yeah. Thank you, Hawkson. So thank you to him. Yeah. The loading screens. There's a lot of loading. Waiting <laughs> for the... Sitting on the dock at the bay watching the game load up. Um, I got to say, I'm, I'm not loving this game based Whoa. on the... Yeah. I know it's it's feels like heresy. I never played Graw one or two, so I can't compare it to either of those. But I have played Rainbow Six quite a bit, and let me tell you something, people. This game ain't no Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it feels a little imprecise. Um, it keeps shifting the cover like it uh, over my right shoulder and then over my left shoulder. If I move in cover, the, it automatically shifts to over my left shoulder. And I'm Is like, stop really? doing that. I don't, I don't want to shift that perspective. Um, yeah, it's just it feels a little clunky, and it's, it's just – I don't know. It, I mean the, the game setup is fine. It's a big map, and there's these constantly shifting things you have to do, defend this spot, uh, start up this C4 device, or you know, hack this console. And so it's sort of Section 8-ish in that sense, which I like. Um, but there were a number of times when – People would just sort of like, first of all, the guns buck a lot, so you really have a lot of recoil, and um, you also just, I don't know, it felt like there's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, it's probably people playing the demo over and over and over again, becoming really good, and then I jump in, and it feels like I can't do anything right, but also, yeah, well, I'll admit that, but it also feels like there's a lot of bullet sponging going on, and... Yeah. Just I don't know. It just it's frustrating. So I, I mean, I'll play the full game when it comes out. I am interested to you know, especially if people pick it up the way they have the other games, and we have a lot of people on the site plan. But I, I I can't like, yay! This is awesome and wonderful. So Ginny, you obviously had Splinter Cell Conviction, which I got at I the did, time. Yeah, I bought it very early on. You bought it. I did. To, That's correct. To get uh, entry into it, which was meant to be exclusive. Now, uh, let me stop you there. I didn't buy the game just because it, it was going to come along with the, the Ghost Recon beta. In fact, I'm not very excited about Ghost Recon Future mm. Souls. Um, I bought it because I love Splinter Cell, and I thought the game was great, and I still own the game because I think it's fantastic. Um, it is a bonus that I do have access to the beta, but I haven't tried it due to your curiosity. Uh, I'm quite shocked at that. I thought you would have done. That's the reason. To be honest, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know it was out the beta, so uh, that oh, shows snap. you how much I'm paying attention. I didn't either until Stu sent me the. Well, thing. I started on the 19th, I believe. Uh, wow. But that's why I sent it to you because I knew you still had the game, so you didn't need it. So I just uh, sent it to you. Uh, I've actually got a code and just uh, haven't used uh, it. I'm I actually to try. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of just tweeting it to someone or doing something, letting someone else have it because I'm well, probably not in that. Tell you what, tell you what, I will tweet it out on the veteran gamers thing now. Yeah. Live announce a winner by the end of the show, maybe. Oh, exactly. Should we? Oh no, I've got an idea. I've got an idea because Ubisoft very kindly just sent me one. They they just sent me a code, which is a bit weird. Right. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's on a different account. It's not on my standard account, so I haven't actually got it without going and getting my iPod because uh, okay. it's on there. But what I was going to say, what was um, what what we could do is tweet it, but leave the last letter off and you know text. No, I'm shooting. No, you're not. Go through and put all the letters in. 
Yeah, it's too cruel. It's too cruel. No, it's only the last letter, so they only have to do the... the yeah, I'm yeah. just going to ask, who is really looking forward to Ghost Recon Future Soldier? Th- therefore, it goes to the person who says, yes, I can't wait for oh, it. Oh, should you say the best? That, so tell us why we should let you have it. How about that? And the one we think no, because the best. They won't know. You might somebody say, I'm really excited about it, but they already have access to the beta, and then you have to sort that out. That might be annoying. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. All right. So... Who yeah. wants a free code? Yeah, we've got a code. Tell us why you should get it. And we'll decide by we the We have it. a code for the ghost. All right, while you're doing that, I will talk about the other game that I've been playing. Yeah, sorry, you carry on. That's all right. I'm able to re-put myself back on track because that's what teachers have to do all the time. Uh, so the other game I've been playing has to well, do Mr. with... Mr. Piotrowski! Uh, the other game I've been playing has to do with the hashtag Chinny is always right. No one man should have all that power. Um, yeah, I've been playing Saints Row the Third. Oh, yes, yeah, and it's awesome. I'm really it's liking so it. Um, I don't understand why the Adult Swim logo is on the splash screen at the start of the game. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Anybody know what the hell Adult Swim has to do with that game? Sponsorship. <laughs> I guess. Probably. Probably. It seems weird that this, you know, freakish collection of cartoons about talking meatballs would show up in, uh, I don't know. But it does have the theme song for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. My name is... Um, the. So when I was starting up, uh, you pick you know, the, the person's voice and, you know, their taunt and their celebration, you know? Yep. And uh, I actually lulled twice. And it took me a minute for each one of them because one of them is called the Amigo Compliment. And I didn't realize, but that's a reference to the three amigos when they're doing that thing where they like slap their arms across their hands and then on their hips and then they thrust. <clears throat> that's from the three amigos. So I was ah. like, yeah, good call. And there's also like an insult. I don't know if it's an insult or a celebration because it could be either. Uh, and it's called the Scroob. And you like put your hand up as if you're going to flick someone off, but then you turn your hand and you wave instead. That's a reference to Spaceballs, because President Scroob is the guy in charge of Spaceball City. So do you think CP noticed all these? Because he hasn't said. I've not heard Absolutely. him talk about film. Uh, he probably just doesn't want to brag about how much yeah, he knows yeah. about you know, funny movies. So I don't blame him for not wanting to show off. Um, one of the characters in that game has the worst French accent ever. The first guy you meet is, I am pleased to meet you, and it is going to be a pleasure to kill you when you're asleep. It's just like, dude, he just keeps coming and going. Get a break. Do you not think he's done, they've done that on purpose, though, to be honest? Yeah, I would be shocked if anything in that game isn't done I on purpose. Be <laughs> I guess you're right. Who cares? Um, the guided missiles are awesome, and one of the first missions yeah. you have... Take out these tanks, and it's like the Predator missiles on Modern Warfare 2, but you don't have to wait half the game to play it because yep. you just, you know, launch it up, go after a tank. It's great. And then you get to keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I haven't been using it out in the real world, but I should because, I mean, but here's the thing. If you're in a firefight and then you switch to that, aren't you still getting shot? I don't know. I can't remember. Because I'm like, uh, I don't get shot while I'm using that thing, but I'll have to try it out because I haven't played it very much. I've only like two hours in or something. Have you got as far as the sniping mission? I did do the sniping oh, mission. Oh, God, I awesome. hated that. Oh, that was great. The one where you have to take the little dudes out that are about a million miles away. You know you can zoom in. Yeah, even then. It's, there are I, I thought it was now. a great mission as well. I, don't yeah, know I, did, I didn't like that. I did, get, I did do it. What was interesting? about a shooting game. That doesn't happen very often. 
what was interesting, I sort of couldn't do it. I kept dying. I was like, oh, getting okay, no. So I came back, but it was one of those things. When I came back, I did it like the first go again. Well, it's, I mean, you know, it's a tough type of thing. You shouldn't feel bad if you couldn't do it. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is, so, you know, you're playing Saints the Third now. If I jumped into your game, uh, and this happened to me, who, somebody who jumps into your game who's played it a lot, We'll you'll love the horrible and stupid. No, no, no. You, you'll just you'll see that I'm totally indestructible in that game now because yeah. I've leveled up my character so much that right, I right. basically don't take any pain at That's all. Awesome. I'm really looking I, I parachute out of a building. I could just land. Right. I don't even need. Sorry. I don't need need the parachute. Just, just land. Right. I'm back up. That's dust myself awesome. off. I'm good. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of it's it's cool when somebody comes into your game like that. And you go, wow. I want to do that. I just want to land face yeah. first into the ground. Right, and it is. I can feel myself getting a little stronger, and I like the fact you can level up because you haven't really done that in the past. I mean, you've gotten better weapons and stuff, but you're doing two a um, little bit. You're getting respect, and you level up a bit, right. but you can sprint more. So, but, but the fact that this like, ridiculous, you know? how much damage you take and all the rest of it—that's really cool. I'm looking there, there aren't many games where they just say you're indestructible now. Yeah, you know? exactly. there's not many games that do that. Yeah, um, I miss forgive and forget. Like now, you can go into any place you own, but I didn't know that at first. So I was running from the cops, and I'm like. Argh! where's the forgive and forget i need to get these cops off my tail and eventually they caught me and you're busted and the rest of it um yeah fumble offered to uh do co-op but guess what you have to do if you've rented the game in order to play co-op online pass (laughs) find no online pass screw that i mean i want to play co-op but i don't want to play it that bad so i appreciate his offer and then i got another offer from who else uh, I think Hell Patrol suggested I talk to G.H. Rocker to get him to help me. But the other thing is, I don't necessarily want people help. I've always thought of Saints Row as being a single-player game. Like, I've always ever played it single-player, and I don't know. Part of me says, I don't need nobody helping me, man. I can represent the row by myself. Uh, 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 uh. Um, the Tank Mayhem stuff is awesome. I really yeah, like that it's stuff. It's so much fun. And I haven't gotten to the on-foot mayhem part yet, but I'm sure that's going to be fun. Uh, and the other thing I really like is when you're sprinting and then you attack someone, you do, you know, like you flip over their heads and then you slam them on the concrete or whatever. <laughs> and you pose. That's cool. Yeah, and then you pose. Like, Ooh, what's up? And, uh, yeah, that music, Chinny, you were totally right. That just fits the moment perfect. It does. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to say too much, but there are more moments like that. Um, awesome. But I don't think there's many as quite as good as that. Yeah, it's um, hard. And yeah. it's, I'm shocked that you know more games don't do that. You know. Oh sure, it's a perfect way of doing it, and it's like I think they have a perfect control over what you're doing because you need to kind of glide, and and it's yeah. perfect for that sense of like I am the angel of death descending from above to bring you your doom. And most games, you're you know like you got a gun and you're trying to take on some enemies and it's not that same crystallization of the experience. So whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm liking it. I'm having fun with it. I also just real quick, uh, I sent back Assassin's Creed revelations. Finally, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm sure I'll get it used at some point because it's good enough. Um, but I wasn't playing it. It had been like a week since I touched it. So I sent it back and I don't even remember putting this on my game fly list. But apparently, I really wanted to play. Hey, the Devil May Cry HD remake. 
Yeah. Yeah. That now, Good. and uh, I'll be playing it, I guess, because I wanted it. Uh. Oh, well, we'll see. I'm sure you'll love that game. <laughs> I like the first one. Right up your street. I mean, you know, they probably didn't fix the fact that you got to run back through the castle backwards and stupid. But the gameplay was good, so I'll have a whirl at it. I mean, it can't be so bad. Can I? Can I, I ask you a question? Like, get annoyed with how obtuse the game design is. Can, can you ask, ask me? A question? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Before we move on, um, did what? What? What's your character in in Saints Row the Third? What does he look like? Um, he's a really ugly white dude who has a British accent. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's like he's a total jarhead. Like he's a he's a muscular dude, and like his neck is enormous. Because I just kept hitting random eyes until I uh, thank you, Duchess, for taking away my dinner plate. So you didn't and, actually uh, like customize it yourself, then you didn't go for the I, a little bit. But to be honest, especially with a game like Saints Row, and here's the other thing: you don't really see your face a whole lot. I mean, you sort of do in the cutscenes because they actually mixed in the custom characterization with the cutscenes, but. I don't know. It seems silly to spend so much time customizing your face, and then you never really see your face. You're always looking at the back of you. Yeah, so, but if they didn't let you do it, then it would go, Well, of course. I just, I, at this point, for me, I'm just like, I'll randomize it until I have something that kind of looks like what I'm interested in. But also, I, oh, when, you, when you're playing co-op, they see you an awful lot. Oh, sure. Um, so, whatever. And, and I've been playing a little Skyrim down in the video game gym. Oh, yeah. Skyrim. 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 Uh, and that's always, you know, still fun. I'm doing the, I'm doing the Thieves Guild missions now, so I'm, you know, going after that dude who stole the stuff. And my favorite character in the whole game, uh, Carlia, she's so awesome. I love her. You need, you need to get that Witcher 2 down there. That's what you need now. And I'm not going to get that for the PS3, because I'm not going to want to... I'm going to want to play Oh, no, play, you can't anyway. Play that? You can't well, anyway. Well, there you go. It's not available uh, for the PS triple. Ish. Has anybody heard anything? Is there any news on Skyrim DLCs? There's been some news saying there's some coming, but no details. Because so, I remember, that, I remember Bethesda saying that they what they what they did for Fallout Three is not necessarily what they're going to do for Skyrim. So I think it's going to be more like the Oblivion route, you know, a big, a big, big expansion. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because I am a big guy. I need a big cereal. It's a big game. It needs a big expansion. Yeah, there's some coming, incoming apparently, but there's just no details being given. Game, but yeah, they're working on it. Okay, well, in that case, I think it's time for the indie pick this week. Yes, it is. Here we go. Indie game review. Review. Hello, losers. Vlados here with another indie game review for your loser butts. This week's game is Quiet Please, a fun game from Nostatic Software. Do you ever have those days when everyone's causing a ruckus? Maybe you live next door to the Wu-Tang Clan, and they demanded that people bring the ruckus. Right, Duke? Anyway, that's what's going on in this game. You're a girl looking for quiet. But it's hard to find, so you have to solve a bunch of puzzles to make your home quiet. And you can just be like Bender. Right, Duke? So yeah. Quiet Please is 80 points on Xbox Indie Games. Check it out or I break you face. And now if you'll excuse me, I need to parachute onto 3rd Street and represent the Saints. Right, Duke? No one means to have all that power. Wow, she, she must like that game if she's telling people she's going to break their face if they don't play it. Who knows? I guess so. Oh, it's a bit, bit, bit sort of harsh, I've got to say. 
She's a harsh lady. Yeah, harsh. So, Chinny, quiet, please. What did you think? Uh, (laughs) Oh, very funny. I'll get it. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're such a card. (laughs) The name of the game is Quiet, Please. We don't want you to be quiet, please, Chinny. Duke, really? <laughs> welcome to you. What did you think? <laughs> it was kind of cute. I liked it. It was a you know interesting puzzle concept, and uh, yeah, I didn't buy it, but I might actually. I, I I was kind of amused by this, and I mean the graphics are very very simple, but whatever. It's but they're well done. I like graphics like that. That are sort of pixels, but they're sort of done in a cool kind of way. It's, uh, it did it did remind me of those really old sort of little adventure games I used to play back in the day. Yes, yeah. it, captures, I love, it I, captures the retro aesthetic, but you know what? That's not really hard to do. A lot of stuff captures the retro aesthetic, so I'm not floored by that, but, you know, whatever. It's it's good. It's fine. It had character. That's what I like the best about yeah, it. it. Like Even, like, the dad watching the TV, and if you go and turn it off, he just turns it straight back on again, you know? He's just yeah. like, click with the remote. doesn't even look at you. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the only puzzle I solved in the demo when, that I had time that I figured out was the... Um, I played it twice as well, by the way, because then I figured out something. I thought, well, I'm going to go and play it again now. Uh, which was which was how you stopped the mum talking on the phone. Did you manage to do that? No. Yeah, he's, that was kind of cool how you do that. Basically, you know when you go down... Oh, well, come on, dude. This is a Xbox 80 game. Oh, I guess. Tell people how to fit, solve a puzzle in it. Oh, I just thought it was really cool how you do it. Right. That was very it's cool funny. how you do it, and you'll have a lot of fun figuring it out for yourself. But I nearly... But I nearly if you get stuck, contact Stu, and he'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> I had some odd points, and I nearly bought it, but then I thought, I'm just playing The Witch 2, but I probably will go back and buy it at some point, because I really liked it. I might just buy it anyway to support yeah. the developer. Cause, and yeah. just out of interest, it was G.H. Rocker who recommended that, so... Uh, yeah. So yeah, good good little game there. I liked it. I, I like. Jenny, are you willing to talk about this game now, or are you still being obtuse and silent? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, fine. So, Chitty. I guess we're playing it just now. Quite no, awesome. I actually played it yesterday, Duke. Oh, ah. in my face! Wow. And you know what else I did yesterday? <laughs> what else did you did yesterday? I did yesterday. I bought the game yesterday. Oh, wow! Brilliant, God. I can't remember the last time you bought one. It's been a while. It has been a while. I um, yeah, the the kind of retro aesthetics of it all is that, that wears thin. But uh, I don't know why, but the game just kind of charmed me after a while. I just kind of thought, oh, this is stupid. Instead of bus, so she's walking to her house. That's kind of funny. The dad's. She said, oh, I get it. You got to do things, and it just reminds me of an old Amstrad game. Um. Because these games that kind of have a retro aesthetic in the indie games, are they look like old games, but they're designed kind of like new games. Whereas this really feels like it was designed like an old game, like an old Armstrong game or Amiga game. So I, uh, I really liked it, and I bought it. Yeah, it's very I mean, I mean, going back to um, Silent Hill 2, it's similar in that way because it tells you nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't give you any objectives. It doesn't tell you what you're supposed to be doing. You've just got to figure it all out for yourself, and I like that about it. And I didn't figure out how to shut the mother up. I, I figured out very little, to be honest. Um, I gave the steak to the dog, but it didn't really do anything. Um, no, it, made, I, it made the dog quiet, but not the lawnmower. <laughs> oh, right. It was the dog barking. Was it? I yeah. yeah. Uh, I got some ladders, and I went on the roof, but I couldn't, I couldn't take out the satellite. Uh, that was it, really. I just, well, you I, can't. I, 
I don't think you can solve other stuff till you get upstairs. And the only Obviously. way you no, get no, no, I know, I know. Like you've got to unlock the right thing, and then it looks like so. I know how g- yeah. video shut games work. Shut the mum up, Stuart. You've got to shut I, the mum up to get upstairs. I know how video <laughs> games work. Um, but like uh, you know, it was, it was just fun. I just enjoyed it. So I bought it. I haven't played it again since. But I thought, oh, I'll, I'll come back to that. That was fun. Yeah, it's so, good. Yeah, I, I bought it in the game. Yeah, I can definitely recommend it. So people check it out. It's called Quiet Please, and yeah, it's a good recommendation from GH. So thank you for that. Was very good recommendation. Um, Right to start off tonight, um, we did we did have a story in the forums. Okay, now story, story, story time. Part two. Unfortunately, it was misquoted um, from the actual story, Uh, but basically there was a a rumor abound that Electronic Arts are going to lay off about 500 employees, uh, up to as a thousand. The reason that they gave for this to happen was because Battlefield 3 uh, didn't perform as well as they were expecting. Now, in the original story, it said they'd only made 13 million revenue. Oh, poor babies. Which, no, well, that's, that's completely wrong, no. Well, actually, it was, they'd sold... 30 million units, which is around $780 million, is, is how much they actually made. Oh, there so, you go. So they made a whole, an awful lot of money. Uh, but they still gave this as a reason, and I, I, can't, I don't buy this, because, you know, 13 million units sold is probably about 13 times more than most average games. You know, you know a, a, a success is usually classed as about a million sales. You know what I mean? That's what they usually class as a successful game, but, I mean, this, you know, it's not up, quite up to the Call of Duty amounts, but it's still a massive, I mean, there's not many games get to that amount of units. Yeah, you know, 30 pretty... million is huge. So I don't buy that. What I do wonder, though, and this is sort of cited in the, uh, in the is, is the drop in share price. Uh, the stock price has moved from $61 a share, and it now sits at $16. Okay. Now, interestingly... You know, recently we've had, you know, they were voted the worst company in America, as we know. Now, I do wonder, and I I sort of wonder about, you know, the power thing. You know, you're talking about the power. And the reason we gave for these being voted is because, obviously, it's gamers going, ah, Mass Effect 3 were crap, I'm going to vote because it's online and normal people probably won't do that, so I'm going to go and do it. So, you know, in, in a way, we're saying it's almost like fixed. Because, you know, we, don't get me wrong, I don't think EA are the best company in the world by any stretch. Well, I, I don't think they're the worst, either. No, and I don't think they're the worst, but they were voted the worst because of internet users. Okay. Now, we often do stuff this, like you know, like this, as gamers, you know, you see it on Metacritic all the time, because stuff's happened and they go, ah, oh, this is good. Like, for instance, Mass Effect 3 got loads of negative comments, lots of negative comments, you know what I mean? Not, unjustly, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but it happens because that's what people do. But if it affects the share price of a company, and I don't think it's like immediate, but if if the share price drops dramatically in a month because they were voted the worst company in America and all the shareholders are going, oh, well, I'm going to sell my shares because that's crap, uh, that's affecting people's lives, you know what I mean? And I think we've got to draw a line somewhere as to how far, you know, as a group of people or gamers or whatever that this should be taken i mean what do you think about that you know as a theory i think uh it was pretty silly <sighs> the survey itself was you know pretty flawed and i don't know I'd, uh it was given to an audience that would know a lot about ea but not a lot about the bank of america for example mm. 
So it makes the it makes the survey pretty relevant. And I think if if stockbrokers are kind of reading into that a little bit too much, then kind of shame on them, I suppose. Because really, they if they if they are selling the stock, I think people, clever people, will realise that you know it won't. I don't think it will affect EA that much, to be honest. Um, and you know, if somebody sold sold that stock, I think kind of wise people would just probably buy it, and knowing that it wouldn't affect them too much. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think EA are going to suffer from it massively. No, but the normal average worker there may do because if they have to do layoffs because obviously the value of the company's gone down. Uh, you know, I, I think it's hard to say because we don't know if. I, you know, we don't know for sure that like it's directly because of that. You know, it could be because of sales. It could be because they underperformed. They they didn't meet their quota. When when games finish, people are laid off. It's not like the movie industry, except they act on contracts. You know, like movies made, everyone's put it in the contract. People are laid off, and they they through word of mouth they're hired again for a different company or a different. Every contract. company's going to be Valve, you know. Not every company is Valve, unfortunately. No. I mean, we'll come to we'll, we'll come, come to that. that. Oh, I totally called it. Well, what? That. But, Duke, I mean, you, you know more about the stock market and all this stuff than certainly we do. What do you think of all of this? I think that this shows EA's sad addiction to spreadsheets and um, industry trends rather than focusing on what sort of game do we want to make sure we produce. And... They're bound to get caught up in the ups and downs and the swings and the trenches of wild fluctuation of, you know, stock value and everything is about how do we maximize the short-term bottom line. And in, in the meantime, I mean, don't get me wrong, EA puts out some good games. Like, I haven't played Mass Effect 3 yet, but I'm sure I'll love it when I play it. And, you know, Battlefield 3 was a good game until they screwed up with the stupid servers. Um but I think that they they listen probably more to their market uh, analysts and their accountants than they do, you know, their best game developers. And I think that's a mistake, and they're paying for it. I mean, EA has denied this. They're saying they're not making anyone redundant as such. And the, the comment they've made is this. This is a statement. Uh, there are no layoffs as such. Uh, we always have projects growing and morphing. At any given time, there are new people coming in and others leaving. EA is growing and hiring and building teams to support their growing demand for digital games and services. So, But I think that's sort of... It's a bit of a, like, we're moving sideways. We're, you know, we're sort of laying off maybe the disc-based developers and we're, moving, we're, we're hiring and growing in the digital uh, side of it and services in that way. So I think that's probably what they're saying with that. They're saying they're not losing the volume of staff but they are losing certain and then replacing them with different types of developers right yeah it could be and i mean that may just be a business decision that makes sense for them to make but again i I think that ea has a very strong sense of maintaining market supremacy and we can achieve that the same way that you know toothpaste companies achieve market supremacy with like slick advertising and and just pushing the product out there and video games are more than that. They are commerce, but they're also art. And I think EA really neglects the art question. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. I think that, you know, unfortunately, they're a huge, massive company, aren't they? And they, you know, unfortunately, they've got a board of directors who expect a profit each year. And they expect that profit to go up year on year because that's how businesses work. And if they're not making that profit margin, 
you know, or, you know, that gross revenue, then those board of directors get twitchy and then want things to happen to sort that out. Yeah. And it becomes a matter of like, heads need to roll for this mistake. And of course, the executives aren't going to fire themselves. They'll fire people down the totem pole and, you know, like it said on 30 Rock, like pick a patsy, you know, and it's like, oh, this is Flenderson's fault or whatever. Yeah, and I, yeah. Again, I think you're right, and but you know, we we shouldn't forget that Activision are as guilty of this. You know, they they just close studios yep. down. They just close them down. Doesn't matter, and they, they don't tend to bother that much. They just do it. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's not performed. Close it down. <laughs> uh, having it seems like it's a it's a relatively new trend. Of I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe this is the way it's always been. But it seems like. If a studio makes one bad move, if they make one game that doesn't do well on the market, even if it's a decent game, that that'll be the end of them. You know what I mean? I think. I think. I, I mean, once and then that's the, it. The, oh, two, you know, two K do this as well, and THQ have done it in the past as well. Um, I think there's just a lot more rising on it now. I think making games yeah. are a bit more of a gamble when you make them, like a, you know, when you try and make a triple A game. Stakes are higher, more expensive to to develop, uh, more competition. People don't really think about the, the competition that's out there. More games are being produced yeah. every year. Um, you know, more platforms. You know, there's PC. There's three consoles, if you include one of the dead ones. We've got handheld. We've got, you know, eye devices. A lot of competition. I just think that there's more at risk when, when people are making these games. So, therefore, you're right, Duke. You know, they, they slip up once. And if they're not, if they don't even, even if, if they get critical acclaim, they might yeah. survive. Not, right. I think it's more of a right. 50-50. But uh, we have, they, they know that the, the distributor is going to be pimping them like, okay, you got the critics looking at you. Now you better make it a blockbuster yeah. hit next time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even it can work the other way around. You, you, you make a hit, right? You, you, you come out, you make a hit. Batman Arkham Asylum was a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Batman Arkham City got a lot of flack for yeah. kind of – you know, trying to improve, trying to change things, trying to change a formula that works so well. How okay. do you? What do you do? You know, what, it's, you it's know. totally a tough bind because you can't just do the same thing you did last time. But if you try to gamble and add new stuff and you do it wrong, then you're it's they're between a rock and a hard place. I'm not going so, like, uh, to the, the reason. You know, everybody patience for repetition. Everybody kicks off about Call of Duty games. You know, they're the same. They're the same. Right. But they they have so much pressure on them. Right. Yeah. To produce and they're a more product. of what I love. Like, I'm not going to lie. What I want from a new Call of Duty game is 12 new maps. Yep. That's pretty much all I want. I mean, I, I want a little bit more, I suppose. You know, I want a good single-player game. That's a roller coaster ride while play veteran and cool yeah. things happen and explosions are That's occurring. why I'll, if they do the multiplayer-only model like they did with Killzone, I'd totally be into that for Call of Duty. Which, yeah, and I, I mean, but the multiplayer, I mean, I, I played the multiplayer a couple of weeks ago because it's super quick, it's super fast. You're in the lobby, you're out. Exactly. Everybody knows what's going on. Um, you, you, but the, the tragedy is the more of these features they keep sneaking in, the longer that delay is going to be, the more it'll take to load, and that'll be a tragedy, I think. So, yeah, the problem I mean, is, I was there's more gonna, at stake with these games now. I was yeah. just going to say, the only other thing I would mention with that is, you know, you, you're saying all you want is 12 new maps, but that wouldn't be a full game, and then they couldn't sell it as such either. Well, no. Well, but, yeah, it's true. But that's why I don't think it's sustainable for them. I mean, as long as they keep putting out the single player, I suppose we're fine. But yeah, you know, it's it, it. They, I mean, as a consumer, I don't want them to put out a new game every year. I just want them to put out maps all the time. But that's not their business model because again, it's not about just giving people what they want. It's about so just, making more and more money every quarter. 
as soon as people stop buying the disc, um, as soon as sales go down, and apparently Modern Warfare 3 sales didn't do as well as Black Ops. Um, surprising. That is surprising, but it didn't do as well as Black Ops. Surprising. I'm not actually surprised. Oh, by that. Not surprised. Well, you know, because remember before people was concerned about oh, it's Infinity War and it's you know yeah. um, uh, Triarch. You know who's better? And it turns out no one cares. No one really cares. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, it's they they both have pretty much I bet the same budget as each other. Um, yeah. Both studios are pro- probably very talented and good at what they do. The audience don't care. If they stop buying it, they they might move over to a subscription-based, free-to-play, 12 yeah. new maps every six months. Who knows? But as long as people are buying that disc every year, they will keep making it. Yeah, oh, sure. I'll be I'll be interested to see how well the Killzone thing has done on, on PlayStation. You know, it would be nice to know some numbers. And I'll give you, you a know. guess now. Not very. I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. I think he's probably done better than you think. It's not if maybe it, the best it, IP for that. I but mean, I think if it, it only released it as a multiplayer and it just came out, that would be one thing. But most people who would buy this probably already bought Killzone 3 on a disc. I think, for, I'm sure I remember reading something that said that actually, you know, it, it was it like loads of people had downloaded it. You know, a lot of people had, had actually well, gone. Download it, it, but that's different from buying it. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the converted sales will be. No doubt. You know, and and that's not as big an IP as something like Call of Duty. You know, if that did it, I think it would, like you say, you know, sell absolutely loads. I think it would would be a workable model. But they are changing the model slightly with the 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 FIFA this year. Well, you know, the FIFA games are still coming out as usual. However, halfway through. You know, they usually have the World Cup edition. I believe Duke, you bought a World Cup one. Um, yeah. They have, you know, the UEFA Cup and different things like that, like in the summer now and again. This year, they're having the UEFA FIFA uh, DLC for uh, 1,800 Microsoft points. Instead of a, usually, that would be a brand new disc. That would right. be a disc on a shelf that people would have to buy, and you can't, it doesn't apply to FIFA 12, nothing. This year, they're, they're, you have to have FIFA 12, and then you download just, like, just an expansion pack. Um, so that's, a, that's an interesting experiment that they're trying. There's, a, there's an interesting app on iTunes at the moment. Now, it isn't, um, it's, it's not a game, okay, but they are doing an interesting model, and, and obviously people have highlighted this in the review section. And what they're doing, they're charging 69p, and it's for TV on your iPod or iPad, etc., but what they're doing is, and, and I think this is pretty slight, I could see some game developers having a go at this and thinking, no, this is a good idea. Basically, what they're doing is they're, they're selling you the, the, the actual app for the TV, and then in, within the app, so it's 69 pence or whatever, within the app it says, if you leave a five-star review, we'll give you more channels for free. So they're actually, you know, trying to self-promote by... Hey, that's weird, man. Because, like... That's that's reviewing something you haven't done yet because you don't know what those channels are going to be like. You don't yeah, know if it's yeah. any good or not once you get that upgrade. I hate that. And in fact, Frostling kept saying, uh, why don't you give us a five-star review? Why don't you give us a five-star review? And I said, all right, you're going to annoy me like this? I'll give you a review. I'm giving you four stars because you silence my music every time I'm listening to a podcast or something. Oh, that has to go away. The little bring 
ring sounds on our game are more important than your podcast you're listening to. Up yours, OMG fun. There you go. But it's still a good game, so it gets four stars. <laughs> I haven't actually reviewed it. I just keep pressing the no thanks, remind me later. <laughs> um, also, I think, um, I think Draw Something is overtaking our podcast because as you were saying that, dude, <laughs> um, you kind of went a bit Skypey. So, but we understood what you said, so don't worry about it. But I think maybe they're hacking. I think I think Zinger are hacking into the podcast as we speak. Yeah. yeah. Cut them off. Cut them off. Yeah, that EA, they get everywhere, you know. Um, okay. Now, talking of nice things, I've got, I've got a couple of nice things to mention. Ah, oh, nice. First of all, first of all, and this I'm nice. really pleased. Really, really pleased. Uh, the Witcher 2 debuted at number one in the UK games charts. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. A lot of competition, though. Well, FIFA Street <laughs> was number yeah. two. FIFA 12 was number really? three. Yeah, FIFA, FIFA Street came out like three weeks ago. Uh, FIFA 12 came out in <laughs> October or whatever. So I think, uh, I think it's safe to say it came out at the right time, Stu. Uh, Connect Star Wars was number four, believe it or not. That was a whole fucking... I, mean, I live steaming turd. Ho- hopefully anybody who watches the advert can realise how dumb that is. It's really rubbish. Uh, but Is that a dig at the Duchess? What is cool for me still um, is that there's three RPGs in the top ten, which is obviously The Witcher 2, Mass Effect 3, and The Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which is really cool to see they're becoming more like mainstream games, you know what I mean? Well, that means. That means you, you can stop liking them. I know, yeah, they're becoming a bit too mainstream for me. But you know, I love This is like what happened with video games, because for a long time. I was a nerd for playing video games. Everyone made fun of me. They're like, eh, geek. And then once, you know, Call of Duty, of course, became famous and all that, like, it changed. Um, but even Halo, it changed the game. And so it became cool to play video games. But RPGs were still, like, ultra nerdy and pathetic and loserish. But I think Skyrim's kind of turned a corner for that. And it, you Don't know, worry, mass- mate. Don't worry, mate. I don't think muds are going to be taken over anytime soon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you still need something to be geeky about, oh, I've always had things to be geeky about. I'm just saying, like certain parts of my life become less geeky. I'm like, I don't I'm think... deal with this. You don't think I'm a nerd? Of course, I'm a nerd. I don't think gaming podcasts is going to be uh, cool soon. <laughs> That's the hip new thing. Actually, new thing. actually, I've got to draw something reference just for that. Um, <laughs> One of one of Kay's friends, Lindsay, I'm playing with her, and one word she just sent you exclamation mark, and I was like, uh, well, and it was geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, let's move on to something else that's quite positive. You didn't play the sound effect, listeners. He actually made that. That was me. The middle of the film. Okay, let's move on to something that I found really interesting. Um, this very week on the interwebs, uh, somebody, a prospective employee for Valve, leaked the employee handbook onto the interweb. Mm. And I've got to say, it's one of the most interesting things I've ever read. For go that far, it's, well, it's interesting for the way a company. A lot of interesting things so for the way a company works though this is yeah. quite refreshing well it's, it's, it's a very interesting it's an it's a look at a very interesting company yeah. there's no doubt it's about a, that it's a nice it's a nice peep through the window yeah it is definitely it's and it's all the stuff you've heard about valve 
and and then like this confirms that yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Now, I would say, I mean, there could be people saying this isn't real or it's probably not, but it's, I would... I think it's a very elaborate... Yeah, host. they would have done a, had to do a lot of research. And also, there's just some references in it. And also a lot of artwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there's some references in it that someone probably wouldn't put in there. Like, there's a reference to someone called Dina, and when I've looked up who she is, she's like this sort of human resources type person at the, at the company. And uh, you know what? If this is a hoax... I'd probably be just as impressed with how much work the person put into making this hoax yeah. as I am now impressed with what it says about Valve. So I'm impressed either way. So what, I, what I've done is I've taken some excerpts from, from the guide, and I thought we'd talk about these because I think some of them are really interesting and, and quite, like you say, very revealing. Now, the first and, thing... And think about this, people. For everything Stu says right here, think about how cool it would be if your workplace yeah. worked like this. So this is the first thing I would say. Okay, This is at the very beginning of the book, and it says this. It uh, says this. This you book want a three-bedroom bisexual house share. <laughs> this book is on the internet, so you can edit it. Once you've read it, help us make it better for other new people. Suggest new sections or change the existing ones. Add to the glossary. Or if you're not all that comfortable editing it, annotate it. Make comments and suggestions. We'll collectively review the changes and fold them into future revisions. So the first thing they're saying is, this is the employee handbook, but if, if you're not happy or you think like something else should be in, just put it in there, it'd be fine. It's a wiki. Like, that's so cool that they've said, as soon as you're in the door, like... You know, it's it's the thing about we're going to use the collective intelligence of everybody here, not just pick one person and say, you're in charge of human resources. Make sure that the document is good. Yeah, I just think it's just brilliant. That, even that very first light bit. Like yeah. Now, this this tells a bit about the company. It says Valve, Valve is self-funded. Uh, we haven't ever brought in outside financing ever. Uh, since our earliest days, this has been incredibly important in providing freedom to shape the company and its business practices. That's uh, smart. Valve owns its intellectual property. This is far from the norm in our industry or most entertainment content producing companies. Uh, we didn't always own it all, but find some legal wrangling and our first publisher after Half-Life ship we now do. This has freed us to make our own decisions about our products. Valve is more than a game company. We started our existence as a pretty traditional game company and we are still one, but with a hugely expanded focus, uh, which is great because we get to make better games as a result. There you yeah. go. I love that. I just love that little statement. It's just great. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, and it, again, like, they know that they, in the same way EA is only focused on the commerce element and the account, what the accountants have to say, this shows that Valve is not single-mindedly focused on numbers, but rather, like, we're going to make a great game, and we believe consumers will respond to that, and we do, so good on them. Okay, what do you think about this, Chini, so far? Do you want to go and work for them? What do you think? I would love to work for Valve. Okay, now, this next thing is probably the most controversial, I guess, in companies. Sorry. Just in a way, this kind of makes me feel like this is too good to be true. I I'm know. starting to wonder if like, you get to Valve and they're like, come on in. Let us know how we can improve the worker handbook. Now let's go into the dungeon and you well, can do the secret. They'll and make code. They will steal your eyeballs. There are <laughs> references, right? It's not all peachy. And there are some references in this book towards the end. Uh, that tell you about if you talk about our game. I'll tell you that. But anyway, it, okay. The next part says, "Welcome to Flatland." Okay. Now, uh, do you know what that's a reference to? 
I don't actually know. It's a novel from like 1850. I'll find what year it is. Well, of but course, it's, I'll, I'll, do you know what? I should have known that. <laughs> should have Anytime I say, you know what that's a reference to? You go, it's a book, isn't it? And you'll go, yeah, yeah that's know. right. And anyway, what they say is this. 84 novella about a two-dimensional world by Edwin Abbott Abbott. It's a really good book. People see, should read it. What are the chances that a hoaxer is going to put that? <laughs> it's, it's highly yeah, exactly. unlikely, isn't it? Anyway, this is what they say. Hierarchy is great for maintaining predictability and repeatability. It simplifies planning and makes it easier to control a large group of people from the top down, which is why military organizations rely on it so heavily. But when you're an entertainment company that has spent the last decade going out of its way to recruit the most intelligent, innovative and talented people on earth, telling them to sit at the desk and do what they're told obliterates 99% of their value. We want innovators and that means maintaining an environment where they'll flourish. That's, that's why Valve is flat. It's our shorthand way of saying that we don't have any management and nobody reports to anybody else. We do have a founder president, but even he isn't your manager. This company is yours to steer towards opportunities and away from risks. You have the power to greenlight your own projects. You have the power to ship products. A flat structure removes every organizational barrier. No one means to have all that power. I mean, that is just unheard of, isn't it? And well, it's not unheard of. I mean, to be fair, there are like farming cooperatives and, you know, group collectives that, you know, some companies organize themselves into worker-run, you know, collectives or communes or whatever. So, and I don't think that's exactly what's going on here, but um, it is awesome. And I love to think that, you know, yeah, like there's no one really, it's, it's again, about using the collective intelligence of everybody. I would want to know more about how this actually works because a lot of companies say we want to sh- reward your intelligence and utilize the interests and the abilities of everybody on our teams. And so we put you into like work groups and collective, you know, uh, pr- committees and stuff. But a lot of times that's just like window dressing or it's this myth of process ownership where they're like, you tell us what to do, but you know the boss wants to hear X, Y, and Z. And if you don't give them X, Y, and Z, you're going to be in trouble. So you just, you go through the committee meeting and you know what the output's going to be, but you have to go through the paces of being like, well, I think our vision statement should include a commitment to excellence. I think what's, I think what's interesting about this, and it, it does touch on this a bit further on, that it says, you know, when, when a project is in motion, you know, and they're actually working on the game, uh, a structure will, will appear, you know, you will get someone who leads the, the project and that'll all happen. But once that project ships and is finished, it, it just becomes flat again. So, there are times when a more organized or, or a more traditional sort of setup just occurs naturally within within a team as that happens. So I do think, you know, that happens. I, yeah, I mean, I have faith that that myth of process ownership is not at work in the Valve company. I'm just wary because I've heard from a lot of companies, even companies I've worked for, this notion of like, you're a part of a team. And then the only part of the team is like, eh, do what we tell you to do. I mean, what we want you to say. I love this next bit. Okay. Why does your desk have wheels? Think of those wheels as a symbolic reminder that you should always be considering where you have to move yourself to be more valuable. But also think of those wheels as literal wheels because that's what they are. And you'll be able to actually move your desk with them. 
You'll notice people moving frequently. Often, the whole teams will move their desk to be closer to each other. There is no organisational structure keeping you from being in close proximity to the people who you'd like to help or be helped by most. The fact that everyone is always moving around within the company makes people hard to find. And there's about, I think it's about 350 employees, so it's quite a few people. Mm. Uh, and that's why, on their internet, they have like a map of the offices. And mm. then, basically, it'll tell you where someone's plugged in. So you right. can go and find them. <laughs> and then the, then moving on from that, you know, one of the things it says, um, there's actually a diagram showing you how to move your desk. And it's a really simple unplug it, move it, plug it back in again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, one of the things that kind of concerns me about that is, I mean, look, projects need to be coordinated. You, you couldn't have a bunch of people just sort of like willy nilly running around, going wherever they want, doing whatever they want all the time. Because at a certain point, you need to have people saying like, okay, look, we need to make sure everything, you know, we need to have somebody doing the boring stuff for Portal 2 to make sure that quality assurance takes place or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know anybody's going to be like diving out of their seat to do quality assurance. Now, so, the, now the maybe. I'd be to know more about how that works. Well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. But. But this is interesting. It says, how do you choose what project to work on? So you're new in the office. How do you decide what you're going to be working on? Because no one tells you. You just have to make your own mind up what you want to do. Uh, okay. Half-Life 3? So <laughs> now this could, be, this could explain why, why it's taking so long to arrive. But anyway, uh, it said there's no rule book for choosing a project or task at Valve. But it's useful to answer these questions. Of all the projects currently underway, what's the most valuable thing I can be working on? Which project will have the highest direct impact on our customers? How much will the work I ship benefit them? Is Valve not doing something that it should be doing? What's interesting? What's rewarding? What leverages my individual strengths the most? So that's how they sort of ask people to decide what to work on. So that's so cool. I've got to say, it's really, really cool. That explains why Left 4 Dead 2 came out so quickly as well. Mm. Because they must have... They, they must have fallen in love with Left 4 Dead for a while and gone, let's make another one. Let's do it again. You know, they were really excited and we can do more, we can do more. So they did it. How would you, how would you like your place of work to tell you this for your hours? Okay. While people occasionally choose to push themselves to work uh, some extra hours at times when something big is going out of the door, for the most part, working overtime for extended periods indicates a fundamental failure in planning or communication. If this happens at Valve, it's a sign that something needs to be re-evaluated or corrected. If you're looking around wondering why people aren't in crunch mode, the answer's pretty simple. The thing we work hardest at is hiring good people, so we want them to stick around and have a good balance between work and family and the rest of the important stuff in life. If you find yourself working long hours or just generally feel like the balance is out of whack, be sure to raise the issue with whomever you feel uh, would help. Dina loves to force people to take vacations so you can make her your first stop. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, it's like... Amazing. It's just like, who works that way? But they're, they're probably happy workers, you know what they're I mean? They're doing something right. They're doing <laughs> See, something that's the right. thing, man. If you love what you do and the conditions are good, you're not going to want to take breaks. Like when I'm doing stuff I love to do, you know, working on stories or music or whatever, I don't want to stop. I just want to keep going and going and going. And that's what every workplace should allow workers to feel like. We should all have that feeling, even at school. Like when I'm designing lessons and stuff, I never want to stop doing that. I just have so much fun with it, and it's rewarding. I feel like I'm being productive, and I wish everybody could have that feeling in their work life. And I know a lot of people don't, and I think that sucks. 
Yeah, no, it is, it's so cool. Uh, the Office. Now, interesting, this answers one of your questions, Duke. It says, uh, sometimes things around the office can seem a little too good to be true. If you find yourself walking down the hall one morning with a bowl of fresh fruit and Stumptown roasted espresso, uh, dropping off your laundry to be washed and heading into one of the massage rooms, don't freak out. All of these things are here for you to actually use. And don't worry that somebody's going to judge you for taking advantage of it. Relax. And if you stop on the way back from your massage to play darts or work out in the Valve gym or whatever, it's not a sign that the place is going to come crumbling down like some 1999-era.com startup. If we ever institute caviar-cated lunches, though, then maybe something's wrong. Definitely See, panic actually, if there's caviar. It does remind me of the Simpsons episode where Bart sells yeah. dad to those people. And yeah, then and he, here's all the stock that you They have all the stock, whatever, it's fine. And then at the end of it, the company goes totally tanked, and Lisa's like, um... But and Bart's like, what about the stock? And the guy goes, Bart, it's not about how much stock you have. It's about how much copper wiring you can make it out of the building with. And he like rips it out of the wall and he's like running out the window. It's like, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's really the case here with Valve, but I, I'm a little sketchy of this. Like, oh, play some darts, like just groove, whatever. Because I have to believe that at some point they'd end up with a guy who's like, yeah, I'm getting right on that work right after another game of darts. Cool. You've been playing darts for two weeks. But the fundamental thing, and this obviously comes more towards the end of all this stuff, is is the way they hire people. And the type of people they hire are a certain type of people. They're very sort of focused on the people they want there. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes people change, and sometimes people take advantage of situations, even though you can't tell they're going to do that at the well, start of it. And that's partly it, but there's also partly how they compensate people is another reason that oh, this sure. doesn't happen. There yeah. has to be a process where they monitor... No, they must have fired somebody at some point. No, now I'm coming to this. What, if I, what if I screw up? What if I screw up? So they might, not, they might have fired someone for someone else, but not for screwing up. They put, nobody has ever been fired at Valve for making a mistake. It wouldn't make sense for us to operate but that we way. we fired 5,000 yeah. for taking the mickey <laughs> in the massage room. Providing the freedom to fail is an important trait of the company. We couldn't expect so much of an individual if we also penalised people for errors. I love that. We never fired anybody for making a mistake. We fired lots of people for making two mistakes. Even expensive mistakes or ones which result in a very public failure are genuinely looked at as opportunities to learn. We can always repair the mistake or make up for it. So that's what they're saying. Just to let you know, in in this old episode I was listening to us... Duke, you were so excited for Left 4 Dead 2. So <laughs> excited for it. I really was. And that's why it hurt so bad when it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. But I think this is the crux of why the company works and they don't have these yeah. things. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because so, they're in the exact opposite of what we talked about earlier, of this notion of like everything's high stakes, the pressure's on, you're not going to get your bonus if it doesn't reach Metafilter, meta whatever. And like they would never do that at Valve. I mean, I hope not. I assume they wouldn't. No, I think the reason that it works is, is also because of this, is the way they do the peer review. So everybody reviews everybody's yeah, yeah. performance. Sure. So there's no manager reviewing them, but the people they work with review them. Yeah. So they review each other on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and once a year, we, they give each other feedback about the work. Uh, and outside of these formalized peer reviews, the expectation is that we'll just pull feedback from those around us whenever we need to. So that's how they work. Now, the other thing that f- f- feeds into this is, is called stack ranking. Okay, so 
what they say is this. The other evaluation do is to rank each other against our peers. Unlike peer reviews, which generate information for each individual, stack ranking is done in order to gain an insight into who's providing the most value at the company and to oh, thereby adjust each person's compensation to be commensurate with his or her actual value. Valve pays people very well compared to the industry norms. Our profitability per employee is higher than that of Google or Amazon or Microsoft. Yeah, that was cool. I remember reading that. That's very interesting. Mind you, they've only got 323 employees, so it probably is going to be, isn't it? Yeah, but still, that's an impressive statement. And we believe strongly that the right thing to do in the case is to put a maximum amount of money back into each employee's pocket. Valve does not win if you're paid less than the value you create. And people who work here ultimately don't win if they get paid more than the value they create. So Valve's goal is to get your compensation to be correct. We tend to be very flexible when new employees are joining the company, listening to their salary requirements and doing just what we can for them. Over time, compensation gets adjusted to fit an employee's internal peer-driven valuation. That's what we mean by correct. Paying someone what they are worth as best we can tell using the opinions of their peers. Yeah. Oh, basically. Although I thought, yeah, okay. So what they do is... That thing about, like, if you put your expectations low for your employees of, like, they're going to cheat, they're going to lie, they're going to be dishonest, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. People tend to sink to that. But if you, on the other hand, set your expectations high, you're not always going to do, you know, get it there. But people generally rise to that expectation. I think this is a good example of how that can work in a business setting. Yeah. I think it's very clever the way they do it. So everyone sort of decides what everyone should get, but they do it, I don't know whether it's done anonymously, or whether, I can't work out quite how it's done, but they basically uh, judge each other on, on four criteria, and then that's stacked up, and whatever the score they get on that depends on how much bonus, I guess, they get. And you might there. get an achievement at the end of that evaluation? Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's saying sort of everybody has a function, and just because you're a team lead on a certain project doesn't automatically mean you're going to get paid more compensation, because you're contribution might not be as much as somebody else who's worked on that project and he said even people who play test is really important because you need those people to get inside the mind of the you know customer and what they would think of of a game or what it may be so it's they consider every action to be really really important um but the, the the biggest thing they they put a lot of emphasis on in this is hiring of people you know and and they they ask three fundamental questions would i want this person to be my boss uh, would I learn a significant amount from him or her? And what if the person went to work for our competition? So those are the three things that they're asking. The other one is bring your friends. Uh, one of the most valuable things you can do as an employee is to tell us who else you might think we should hire. Assuming that you agree with us that Valve is the best place on, on Earth to work, then tell us about who the best people are on Earth so we can bring them here as well. If you don't agree yet, then wait six months and ask yourself the same question again. So It's very yeah. clever. Very clever. It's a good piece of thing, and I'm glad to hear that the things we hear about Valve, and you all know the story about the guy who had cancer, right? Yep. And he went to um, Gabe, and he was like, you know, I think I'm going to need to take some time off, and I understand, you know, you're going to have to you know, halt my pay. I just hope there will be a position for me here. And, the, and Gabe just said to him, your job right now, your job description is to go home and get well. We'll keep paying you. Just go. And it was, like, so cool because – you know, I don't know if people in the UK have an awareness of the fact that in the US, your health care is tied into your job. So if you lose your job, you're probably going to lose your health care too after like another six months or something. So a lot of people are paranoid about losing their job 
because of, for no other reason than because that's where your healthcare is tied into. So I think that's a, another good thing that, you know, that decision probably costs the company money in the short term. So a lot of managers would probably not, would say, forget it. We can't keep the job for him while he's, you know, getting cancer treatments. But Gabe realizes, you know what, this guy's important to our company and we want to keep him around. So I just think that's awesome. I think everybody's important to the company and that's the biggest difference. Yeah. I think, and because there isn't a managerial organization there, you know, it's a collective. It's almost like a collective. I mean, it it's is. interesting. But I want to know, like, who who answers the mail, who empties the trash, because you know they're not saying like, "Oh, trash dude, what do you, what do you want to see in the next Left for Dead game or whatever?" Yeah, there's got to be some hierarchy. I just I can't believe that a company that big has absolutely. I think fun. that just naturally will happen. There'll be people who sort of do that. That'll just happen. And I mean, I mean, the, the, like the itself. Or do you mean the managerial structure will sort of happen? It will just happen. When it needs to happen, it will happen. When it's not needed, it won't. I think that's the way it'll work. I just want more details. It'll about be it'll be stuff. it'll be temporary and then go flat again. Then it'll then I have this conversation with people about like, oh, you know, I, I know some pretty diehard anarchists and they're like, We should never have any government. I'm like, how's the trash gonna get picked up? And they're like, People will volunteer to do it. I'm like, Are you kidding me? People are going to volunteer to take out the trash. I don't think so. But I think that's where the peer review thing comes in because they're reviewing each other constantly. They're, they're, you know, someone will be saying to them, look, you know, you need to pull your weight or you haven't done this or, you know, maybe you should be doing that. I don't know. It's just weird. Hey. But it obviously works because they're a very successful company. Work. I just want to know more about how it works. What, yeah, I whatever think... they're doing is gold and they it need totally to share is. it. And this is a model that presumably could be replicated in other places and should be so that we're not all doomed to work in these hierarchical corporate structures where there's one guy saying, here's how everything works and you don't like it, shut up. Like in Brain Candy, I know y'all haven't seen it, but when you see it, man, there's the dude running the pharmaceutical company and he's a freaking lunatic. And it's like, I think that is how a lot of companies are run by like crazy people. David Brent is the guy in charge of a lot of offices. You know what I mean? We interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special shout-out for Paul Hurt, who is doing a marathon this week. So well done, Paul, and I hope you get to the finish line. Now, back to the show. I mean, just this is the final thing. There's a couple of things. Uh, this is uh, One is what people are looking for when they hire, and the final thing is what they don't do very well, because they did, they did a list at the end of what they don't do very well. So don't worry, people, I'm not going to read the whole thing out to you. No, so this is it. This is the end. Of it. I haven't read the whole book because it's about forty-nine pages. So these are my little. I've only read forty-seven. Phil's um, I know, uh, but this is what they say: We're looking for people stronger than ourselves. When unchecked, people have a tendency to hire others who are lower powered than themselves. The questions listed above are designed to help ensure that we don't start hiring people who are useful but not as powerful as we are. We should hire people more capable than ourselves, not less. In some ways, hiring lower-powered people is a natural response to having so much work to get done. In these conditions, hiring someone who is at least capable seems in the short term to be smarter than not hiring anyone at all. But that's actually a huge mistake. We can always bring on temporary contract help to get us through tough spots, but we should never lower the hiring bar. The other reason uh, people start to hire downhill is a political one. At most organisations, it's beneficial to have an army of people doing your bidding. Uh, Valve, though, it's not. You damage your company and saddle yourself with a broken organization. Good times. So that's uh, that's basically what they say about it, which which mirrors a, li- a lot of what you've just said, really. Yeah. And then the final, what they don't do very well, this is the final bit, uh, helping people find their way. We wrote this book to help, but as we said before, a book can only go so far. Uh, mentoring people, 
not just helping new people figure things out, but proactively helping people to grow in areas where they need help is something we're organizational not very good at. Peer reviews help, but they can only go so far. Uh, disseminating information internally, obviously not very, not very good at all. Uh, finding and hiring people in completely new disciplines, e.g. economists, industrial engineers, or designers. Uh, making predictions longer than a few months out. Mm. And the final one, we miss out on hiring talented people who prefer to work within a more traditional structure. Again, this comes with the territory and isn't something we should change, but it's worth recognizing as a self-imposed limitation. Also, we're not good at counting to three. Yeah, <laughs> not very good at counting to three. Half-Life Left for Dead, two. Team Fortress, two. So, but Counter Strike, two. But brilliant. I mean, if if you want to read it, I'll put a link, and I will put a link because I know Duke said, "Oh, I'll give you links for this week." Show, but he but never is did. it illegal to post this online? Well, they they don't seem to be too bothered. No one said anything, and yeah, whatever. Isn't it illegal to post something that makes us look awesome? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they bother because it makes them look awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, request to work there. So that's it. Um, so that's it for that. And uh, yeah, final bit of the show. We've got some emails. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That ruled. That ruled. Uh, so here's the first one from Mr. Bed Herdu. We haven't had one off him for a bit, so this is cool. And he says, hello, fellas. What up? What up? That's what he says. Uh, from Mr. Gangu Crimes. I think the last email he sent us was actually the new theme tune, if I remember oh, right. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. And he says this. Hello, guys. Uh, can't believe John said all the TPV crew liked Too Human. Joker. The only good thing about Two Human was the mockumentary they made called The Goblin Man of Norway. That was fantastic. He's put this on our Facebook wall, but I haven't watched it yet. Ah, there you go. I uh, was just thinking how much the VG community has grown recently, especially in the 19 months I've been listening. All thanks to the hard work you all put into the show, the website, the forums, the videos, and the playdates, etc. Yeah, well done to everyone in that. I uh, was just wondering, do you think there might be enough of a following in the UK to organise a one-off play date where the community get together like in the olden days with a LAN party? We could have a day of Battlefield 3, Forza, Modern Warfare Classics, Halo. I don't know. I was just thinking. I have no idea even if the community would be at all interested in doing that kind of thing. I know Bongo has some experience of doing these kind of events in Ireland. Maybe he could help, lol. Uh <laughs> Uh, I would ha- I would not have the foggiest idea how to organise something like this, but others might. Hopefully, you can ask on the show for feelers to find out if any of the listeners would be interested. I would. Jeez, gotta go and work now on condensing my emails. Gangu crimes. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, lamp party. Oh, that'd be kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know. Are we going to just all carry our PCs somewhere? <laughs> I suppose you Xboxes. Just, the best thing to do is just ask, I suppose. So what do people think, you know? Do you want a, a you know, a VG Would you be willing to commit to travelling where, to London? Well, when we when we do the Eurogame, everybody bring their Xbox with them. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine? It would have to be a one-day thing in a central location. I don't know. Well, central, or, well, no, well, central is, you know, Birmingham pretty much. Right. right. Um, yeah, it's because it's in the middle. And I live there, so that's handy for me. Uh, well, I don't live in Birmingham, but it's close. 
Yeah, I don't know. Just I don't know. It'd be a cool uh, idea. It would Bongo be did did used to organise these things. I mean, uh, it, it wouldn't be that difficult, I guess. I don't know the logistics of all this kind of stuff, but I'm guessing we could hire out a function room somewhere and. I don't know. But getting him getting well, a movie a, theater like we talked about. Oh yeah, that'd God. be cool. Getting a function room isn't difficult. We could you could get at a hotel somewhere. I don't know, like the, the, that higher out conference rooms and stuff. Uh, asking people to bring their Xbox isn't that tough. I'm sure people would bring like small TVs. Yeah, if we came in a car, it wouldn't be any. Um, yeah, I'm sure you know you can have like a 19 little 19 inch TV. You could bring that would work. Cables, just everyone kind of bring that kind of stuff. And we had the numbers. I suppose if we had more than. If we had like twenty people turn up, that would be a success, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would have guessed so. Um, yeah. But if we had, I don't. It depends because it could kind of like go back in our faces, and if more than like, yeah, you imagine if more than a hundred turn up, up, we're in trouble. <laughs> because yeah. I don't think I can handle that many people. Uh, and just keep coming. Ah! Okay. So, so know. look, we'll it's put a good some... idea. It's a good idea, but you know, we'll wow. have to see what people be crazy. Think. I I could organise it. I guess I'm pretty good at organising stuff, but yeah, yeah, you are kind of crazy. Okay, let's move on. This one is from our resident emailer, Jason Gulliher, <laughs> and it's massive. So bear with me. Okay, uh, this is entitled. Hmm. Hey, wait! That reminds me of a Jimmy Carr joke I heard recently. He was interviewing. He was doing people uh, asking for questions from the audience, like, "What do you want to hear a joke about?" And the guy goes, "I want to hear a joke about drum and bass music." So this is also for Skull Duggar because I know he likes that kind of music, and you too, Stu. Why did the lion get lost in the wilderness? I don't know. Because jungle is massive. Oh, that's terrible. That's good. That's yeah, funny. Anyway, look, we need anyway, to move on. We're now out of yeah. time. Okay. This is, this is what it sounds like. This is a private message, Stu. Don't get a job with a secret service, you dirty John. No privacy, even for artificial intelligence. Uh, I'm assuming this is a reference to me reading out his PM to me last week. I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, he says this. He says, Stu, Chin, have you ever seen the movie Sybil or Psycho? Have you at least heard of Craigslist? Just be aware... Duke has a new friend he likes to call Robert. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know you guys pretended not to hear him when he crossed over to the Veteran Gamer podcast last week, but Robert was mighty prevalent on the didactic syncast. I don't remember Robert being on the Veteran Gamer. Oh, he was a little bit. You don't remember when I was here? No. Oh, God. You on last week's show? Oh. Yeah, I was on there for like half an hour. I'm going to kill him. Oh, no, I'm going to have to edit it out again. <laughs> Nothing. Don't edit me out. I'm a lot of fun. Uh, nothing against Duke. I once had a friend with a high-pitched voice. I used to call him Stinky and blame him every time I farted. They finally, they finally put me away. One day I escaped the straitjacket and got help on the Jerry Springer show. And that's just because Oprah had turned me down. Nice. Just remember the first step to getting better is admitting you have a problem. I don't have a problem. By the I mean, way, I don't have a problem. By the way, haters are gonna hate you, so don't pay sure. attention to any negative feedback, whether it be me or someone that doesn't like sound clips. I personally love the use of sound on the show, just as long as high pitch isn't handling the soundboard. That's pretty high pitched. I mean, who really laughs at a fart joke if there is no smell? I mean, no sound clip that follows, no one does. Seriously, pure <laughs> fart genius. <laughs> Maybe you could still use Robert as an excuse when you fart. I guess he's not all that bad. Just kidding. Please don't boil my rabbit. Sorry. 
Okay. Anyway, let's, let's, your let's... Mac crashed? I know, yeah. Listen, this guy's better. <laughs> Did you get a virus? No. Did you get 70,000 viruses? Yes. Very yes. Right, you're listening. Listen, listen. I'm listening. I submitted a game idea to Team Meat, Angry Turds. I haven't heard back from them yet, and that was five months ago. The gameplay will be a mess, but hopefully Duke could help with the sound design. Give it that give it that <laughs> robust veteran gamer appeal. <laughs> Nobody would play that. Shut up, Robert. <laughs> Shut up, Robert. Would you kindly make a shout-out to Mr. Surface Lizard? Love shout out for Surface yeah, Lizard. Yeah, shout-out, man. We wish you were back. I feel like clubbing myself to death with a golf club yeah, now. For some yeah, reason. I don't, know shock, I don't know what it was. Several weeks ago, I sent him a message praising his work. Even commented on how often I need a smoke after hearing his rants, even though I'm not a smoker. It's been months, yet still we haven't heard from him. Where are you, Mr. Lizard? Working or that backlog? Hope you're doing all right. Yeah, really. Vlados, my sweet, sweet, not-so-artificial intelligence. I know by now Stuart's probably spread rumours of your sister, and I'm typical human male. He's just trying to work his way into your system. I only have eyes for you. Ever since you slipped into something more comfortable, I knew what we had was real. Hang on a second, she wants to say something. <laughs> Leave me alone and quit stalking me, you weirdo. <laughs> so why the mixed signals? You see, look, look, why the mixed signals? You tell me no more love letters and then you go and tease me, just like my companion cube used to do. We all know how this plays out. I wake up at your place and I'm forced to try and solve this ongoing puzzle once again. I just can't do it anymore. You're a black widow, Vlados, and I just want it to go back. to the. Hang on a second, she wants to, to respond. You love it when I abuse you. Suck my ass, you filthy dog. <laughs> oh, man, that's harsh, Flatus. I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm cooking your chocolate pie tonight, Black Forest. This is me waving a white flag. Also, the only reason your sister came over last night was to help me make your mom's birthday cake. Suck it, Stew. <laughs> okay. So respond to that about the cake. Ooh, my favorite. Come on down, big boy. <laughs> no, Flatus, no, stop encouraging him. <laughs> Too late. Oh. Okay, fellows, Witcher 2, these guys take care of their fans. This game is exactly what I've been waiting for for a very long time. For a truly engaging story, I'm all in. Indipig, Septipus Tentacle Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, we haven't got, we'll have a look at that, we'll see. Maybe next week. Meaning Stu will have a look at it, yeah. and he'll probably make it our indie pick. Uh, when you play it, please be sure to push the Y button. Otherwise, you'll miss a critical part of the gameplay, trust me. By the way, how many Does of you... Does it turn the game off? I'm not sure. By the way, how many of you were cool enough See? to play <laughs> Bytown Lumberjack? Seriously, I only recommend the good ones. Go on, download them and give them a go. Now, I gave Bytown Lumberjack a go, and it's all right. It, it didn't quite I mean, make... It's shit. It was all right. No, it wasn't terrible. No, but that's, I, that's, that's sure it's all right. It's shit. So, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Chinny, write as always about the Indie Pick Ranger. <laughs> there you go. Uh, are you guys ready for the one-bed room at Eurogamer? Oh, get, yeah. get funky. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God. I love reading these emails, and they are big, it's fair to say. Oh, great. Uh, and we have... Uh, have we got time for one more? Have we, got, we have got one more. Oh, we have. Yes, Ooh. we have. Okay. This was actually to me, but I'm going to read... This is from Hawkson, and it was actually just to me in general, but I thought I'd read it out because I thought it was kind of a nice email. Anyway, he says this. Thought I would check. Fuck off and die, all of you. <laughs> now that you've gotten further into Witcher 2, 
fall to see how you're enjoying it. I've not been able to play much since I wanted to finish Mass Effect 3 and also the DLC for Assassin's Creed Revelations. I got to the point where you are reunited with Dandelion. I have no idea what that means. There's Assassin's Creed DLC, Revelation DLC. Yeah, there is. There is. Anyway, I've always been impressed with The Witcher and how it revels and lives in a sense of grey. Bioware started pushing the decisions have consequences, but I think CG Project refines it and makes things very difficult to make choices that are black or white. I also felt a sense of shame for allowing the villagers to burn since I missed that quest. Aww. I think this is in the original Witcher, though. I mean, this is the original Witcher. Uh, okay. I think between them, <laughs> Bioware and other artists, I think we'll start seeing more emotional impact in games. Things will resonate more. Uh, follow-up things. Pinball FX2 is great in that it does a good job of being fun. It also adds a good social aspect to it when you're coming up uh, to your previous high score or a friend's high score. Try them out. There Agreed. are quite a few different tables from traditional subjects to comics to games, as Chinny mentioned. Yeah, Splosion Man. Yeah. Uh, how's your run through Amnesia and Skydiving? Well, Amnesia I've never been back to, I admit. You're a pusher. Yeah. pusher and a liar because you no. said you would finish it. No, but get distracted. Liar. Anyway, why must you turn my office uh... into a house of lies? Lastly, what is the story behind Black Adder? I saw the first season, 1983, and he was a sniveling creep. Started the second season, 1986, and he's not a sniveling cretin. Did I miss something? I'll answer this. Right. So, um, there's four official seasons of Black Adder. There are some more after that, but just ignore them. Um, the first one is awful, right? And Blackadder, he's, he's a... Com- well, not completely different character, but basically Blackadder is he's played... Rowan Atkinson plays Blackadder in different generations of, of the past. And in, in the first season, he's quite a sniveling, snivy character. In the second, third, and fourth, he's more of a kind of... He's more clever. clever. He's a, a little bit more sly about how he gets about it and then you back him a little bit more so the first season you're absolutely correct Hawks an awful season of, and it's one of the very few sitcoms that get better with time uh, there are some that get better and then go back down again such as The Simpsons right or yeah. uh, Red Dwarf that, that kind of started off bad went grey and then went down again but Blackadder actually got better as it went on. And the, the fourth season is probably the best one you'll ever see. Uh, so, yeah, just keep at it. It is a great show. There you go. Mm. Uh, so thank you for that. So that's it. So that's all our emails for this week. So it's kind of cool. Um, okay. Now, normally at this point, we would do shout-outs, as you know, because that's what we always do, because that's what we just do. But we're not, we're not going to do that this week. Oh, I'm going to do that this week. And the reason we're not going to do that this week is because I thought we'd do the results of the Who Wants a Code instead, and we'll shout out people that way anyway, because we're going to be mentioning the people who, repo- who responded. I have other shout-outs also. Well, they'll just have to wait till next week. Mate, no, no we, we didn't oh, shout-out. I've just... been saving these up for a week. I can't keep all these notes in my Xbox. Uh, this is do the it, Stuart bro. Fairley I'm show. This is the time. Time. Guy time. I'm hey, sorry. We haven't you... got time. Right. Otherwise, this show I, I said at the start of the show that we're recording the podcast. Who wants a shout out? And about that, we have twenty three no, comments. But so we can, I am shouting about. Right, we can incorporate those along with the competition thing. All right, well, 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 I'll just those. The didactic syncast. Then I'll just do my shout outs there. Yeah, do yours there. Do yeah. yours there. Yeah. Right, go for it, Chini. Then on the on the twitters, off you go. I'll also share uh, Duke's podcast. Right, so um, Dan <laughs> <laughs> just got it in there. Don't. Right. So, <laughs> 
Okay, this is going to be because we have Twitter and Facebook going on here. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I don't care what you say, Stu. Right, I, I, I put it at the start of the show, we're recording the show tonight. Anyone want to share it out? We had 23 responses. We're still going on the Facebook, Stu. We're doing pretty well with the I Facebook. Know, I know. That's why I was saying, you know, not traditional <laughs> shout-outs, because we've got that many. Go. <laughs> still still shout-outs. Go, 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 go. Okay. Go. So, look, you're wasting time. Go. I can't talk go. with this fucking go. thing go. over me. Go. Go, <laughs> go, right. go, so, go, go. We have, we have Gavlar, Thomas Humble, Stansfire Media, whoever works for those, uh, Stuart Knight, uh, David Hall, Nick Partington, um, GH Rocker, of course, Dom Hulme. These are real people's names. Usually it's just like their Garantag or something. Steve Heath, who is the likely lad. Uh, Blake, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's Influenza. Uh, or oh, Honky Patrol. Hey, Honky as, Patrol! As Dick knows him. Susan Hall, Linden Hall. Uh, Steve Heath again. Robin Tate, who we know as Bongo the Sane, James Johnson, and his uh, girlfriend Alex Smith, Um, Chris Jess, Ian Williams, Peter Marshall, uh, Stuart Leckie, they all kind of responded, and everybody who's taking part in Facebook, we do appreciate it. We are putting some more news up there because we realise that um, we can't just make a blog post about every news item that comes out. Yeah, so now every time I log into Facebook, you have 20 uh, uh, updates. Get oh, wait, over it. All things that Chinny posted. Deal with it. So um, the winner of the – well, we don't have a winner yet, but people who have entered, uh, we have a code for the Ghost Recon Be- beta. beta uh, Dom Hume, uh, Mike Hardman, uh, and Mike Hardman again. And then we also have on Twitter Maverick – um, blah, 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 yeah, Maverick uh, F20, I suppose his name is on Twitter we also have some more shoutouts on Twitter I'm sorry, uh, Turtle502 Exempt Mr. Fish uh, Johnny Fartpants uh, PJJAA he said he loves the show uh, Pete Loaf, oh my god there's so many uh, uh, <laughs> Big Bad Daddy uh, Pythagoras Gamer Stulek is there as well um, yeah, so people have said, shall I tell you what they've said and we can decide who's going to win? Yep, go. The code. Okay, so uh, Dom Hume on Facebook said, because I know Chinny would shake my hands, that's a reference to the likely lad who I was joking about on the comments earlier, uh, because I said that, well, Stu said that I wouldn't shake his hand. Really, I was just very tired. Uh, but that's where the whole diva thing came yeah, from. Yeah, it's true, it is true. I was Mike there. Hardman says uh, I, he should have it because they're free on IGN. So apparently these cards are free origin, so they're not very hard to come by. Um, uh, and then he also says, uh-oh, then I should, because my gold has expired, and it will allow me to use points for Fez instead. So, yeah. Um, maybe Mike Hardman. And then we also have, on Twitter, Maverick says, um, I should have it because Chini owes me £8. Or was it Stu? Doesn't matter. It was who it is, just giving me the code, and I'll never mention it again, so that we can give it to him to clear debts. That's always good. Yeah, yeah I'm liking the idea of that. Uh, he hasn't requested the, the beta, but he says, I love you guys more than video gaming. Will that work? Oh, so that is a request for it. Um, and that's Intel, Inter Rock, Intel Rock 27. Jesus, so many people. Uh, and Turtle, because he's playing Driver San Francisco. 
Yeah. Um, you see, that do, doesn't work for me. Are you paying attention to any of these? Because I really need help. <laughs> doesn't work for me, that one. Duke. Um, is Duke gone? Is he just gone? Not here, what? <laughs> you haven't obviously paid attention to any of these because no, I need help deciding. No, no sorry, I'm not paying attention. I'm, I'm getting our Twitter song theme song ready. So, in the running, we have Maverick who says he wants to clear the debt. If we give him a beta code, we yeah. clear the debt that apparently me and Stu are mate parents. As a Jew, that appeals to my sense of uh, balance sheets. <laughs> and, that, and that comes back to the fact that Chini made him buy... You know, uh, yes, Deus right. Ex. Where yeah. I told him, I, I said it was good one week and said it was bad the next. Um, Intel Intel Rock said he loves us more than video gaming, so that's a good reason. That's yeah. a clear lie. I, so I, I, I don't, I don't like to reward liars. Don yeah. Hume says because I know Chinny would shake my hand because I didn't shake the lucky lad's hand. Um, that's true. Mike, though, that is true. Mike Hardman said something about. Um, his goal is going to expire, so it'll allow him to play Fez. Turtle, because he's playing driver San Francisco, Duke. I thought you'd like that one. Again, Duke isn't paying attention. Yeah, someone playing driver San Francisco. That I mean, <laughs> driver San Francisco. I think he just should go in a, a room and hit himself with a paddle, to be honest, for doing that. <sighs> so who are we going to pick? Well, do you know, if, if I had to pick, right, I'll tell you who I would pick. I would go with... Uh, Maverick F20, you know, to get rid of our debts for him buying Deus Ex. That's, Duke? That's my choice. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Go for it. All right. Uh, Maverick F20, you have worn a code that apparently are very easy to get for uh, <laughs> Ghost Recon. That we're, that we're meant to be difficult to get, but I will, I'll tweet it to him as soon as we finish recording, so we will already well, have direct it. direct message him. Don't tweet it to no, him. No, I will, I will direct message That's what I meant. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. got the theme song for Twitter ready to go here. I will die. Hit it! Saw a pretty girl just the other day. She winked and she smiled, walked across my way. I couldn't figure out just what to say, so I twittered it. Twit, twit, twittered it, twittered it. <laughs> Where do you get uh, that from? I did a search on Google for Twitter song, and like 10 songs came up on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> this really is the stupidest ridiculous. song in the world. And that's about it, really, I guess. That's all I did for this week. It's time for a Colbert Report shout-out. No, it's not. We ain't doing shout-outs. Are you joking? Said, what do you no. mean? Jeez. Unlike at Valve, there is a hierarchical structure <laughs> here. Stu's at the top. Uh, no, he's governed by time, not by me. <laughs> oh, and there's, and the, yeah, because there is a time limit on these podcasts. Oh wait, <laughs> well I try to keep them around two and a half hours. I don't so really it's just want to a get convention a that you've come up with. <laughs> it is, yeah, that seems well, long. Enough. It's time for Stu's story about his wife and, and watching naked ladies <laughs> on TV. Yeah, no, that was funny. That was but funny. Who helped me out of a burning car? I don't have time to thank them this week. But to be fair, to be fair, if you. <laughs> If you hadn't been searching for a Twitter song, you'd have heard Chinny do his about 50 shout-outs to all the people on Twitter. What? Twitter song? <laughs> Hit it! Saw a pretty girl just the other day. <laughs> Almighty. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we do need to get a hell out of here, so... That's it, people. Yeah, see you, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hold, hold on, hold on. What's, oh. what's the play date? What's the play date? Oh, yeah, play day. What's the play date? Oh, suddenly everyone wants me to talk now. How about that? <laughs> um, yeah, go. next Sunday, the 29th of April at 6 p.m. UK time, we're going to be playing Left 4 Dead 1. Yay! Actually, That's always actually, fun. So Actually, I have got a confession. There is something else I need to do. Uh, Uh-oh. It's not a shout-out. Uh, we don't have time, Steve. Sorry. Fuck off. <laughs> but it is... <laughs>
Lord Duke will be fine. He gets to play one of his jingles. Yeah. But it's, it's, we forgot another iTunes review. Yo, 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 you want some iTunes reviews? There you go. Look, we got another one in the UK. No American ones. Okay. No But this is quick. And Duke will love this. He'll love that I'm doing this. Right. Okay. Uh, he says, great stuff. Five stars. I just heard Duke's rap at the end of the previous show and had to write a review to say how great it was. Yay. That should be the end of every show. Just awesome. Keep up the good work. Excellent podcast. There Yay. You go, there you go. I, I said it just how he wrote it. Did you like that? Yes, I, I did. I like it. Thank you. So there you go. That is it now. We're going. Bye. All right. Thanks for See listening, ya. everybody. Fucking go away. I'm a fool. <laughs> I'm a fool and all that shit. Why are you listening, you freak? You fucking freak. I couldn't figure out just what to say. I twittered it. Twittered it. Twittered it. Now, I've got to say, you know, whilst we're recording, you know, just in that bit now, I've just wheeled my desk over to a different part of the conservatory. And, and I've got to say, it does feel different over here, like I'm in a different team. I'm I'm kind of enjoying this. Well, you're still the hierarchy, so I don't know why. Like I'd I, I, I see what you did there. That's pretty clear. <laughs> Although it's a pretty big desk, it was a bit heavy. <laughs> I had to mute myself while I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. You coming up with these jokes on your own, Stu? You got a team of writers. <laughs> team of writers. I've got subordinates. Oh, you should have played the Who there, me. mate. You should have played the Who. Yeah! Do you know? Actually, some some people made references to your divaness this week somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Either on Twitter or Facebook. I don't know. It's something that's sticking very. Yeah, it is. Someone said, "Do you have to have iced water at exactly uh, three degrees centigrade?" Oh yeah, no, no. That's the, the reason. I mean, that kicked off actually. I, um, I put a thing on Facebook saying, uh, uh, "Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it?" I saw it somewhere. I just remember seeing it and thinking, "Oh, he is such a diva." Now, Trolls Evolution made. I put this up. I, I think people thought that you put it up. Um, Trolls Evolution made 1.5 million in 24 hours. That's almost as much as what Chini asks oh, yeah, for each episode right. of Veteran Gamers. We've got 10 comments on that. <laughs> I will say, Stu, um, you're doing a good job of put, putting stuff up on Facebook on a night and stuff, because I usually don't have time to do it on a night. But if you do put something up, kind of give it a gap, because I remember uh, you, you put something up, and then you put something up immediately afterwards. Yeah, I found something else. So that's trouble. I think, oh, I'll put that up as well. That's kind of cool. Put it, like, give it an hour. Give it at least yeah, an hour to yeah. sit. I'm not always um, up that late. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Just, just if you put something, just leave it for an hour at least, uh, because people need to kind of like let it go down the f- news feed. But I think the 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 Facebook page is looking pretty healthy. Well, it's going it's going pretty crazy, really. I'm just astounded at how quickly the sort of reach and views and talking about it. Yeah, gone see, look, I've just been on it every day, easy, every man. day. I've just been just Very like putting easy. a little bit up and there because, yeah. I would like to announce that I wrote a final quiz for Toni Morrison's novel, The Bluest Eye, while we were doing this podcast. That's how awesome I am. Yeah, no, you could tell you weren't listening. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, we peaked at 875 people reached, which was a lot of people. Yeah, I won't pay too much attention to the to the reach. It's no, the, it's uh, just it's just interesting. Unless it's Halo reach. Yeah, unless it's Halo. It's, reach. The, the, t- the two numbers that matter is how many logs you have and how many people are talking about you. Man, that's they t- their shit to Galo reach. That's, those are the two two numbers that are kind of important when you have a Facebook page. Yeah. So, I mean, it was but, interesting. Yeah, it was John Wilson. He said, 1.5 million, well, he is a diva. Does he demand water that he's chilled to exactly three degrees centigrade and to be given a puppy before he will even come on each episode? <laughs> that is all true. But, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, in a way, look, I mean, it is... Our Facebook does explode. And, like, you know, when um, Andrew Gold was talking about how big kind of the... the Communities getting there and the whole VG Hub thing. It is a bit like it's like at a point you think, fucking hell, how are we going to manage all this? You know, just the idea of like having an event where people turn up and uh, like have a lamp party and stuff. It's like, how, how the hell are we going to do that? Yeah, it's kind of scary, but it would be cool. It would be cool, but like, I don't know. I think I'd freak out. <laughs> I'll, I'll freak out if anybody freak knows out. who we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one knows who we are, Chini, you're fine, don't worry. No, but somebody <laughs> recognised you, didn't they? I was like, yeah, that? that was a bit freaky. That freaked me out for like half a day. <laughs> no, he's like, you're lying, I'm like, no, I wasn't. But I have got quite a distinctive voice, I guess, so maybe that's why, I don't know. Distinctive, annoying, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, both of those, all of the above. Uh, it is it is kind of freaky, but kind of sort of funny and weird. And What do you think about setting up like a LAN party thing, then? I'd be up for it, I guess. You know, have we got enough interest? Have to, what do you have think... To... Does Duke have an opinion? Obviously, oh, he can't come. Of course, he's going to come. He's going to jump on the plane, get over here. That'd be awesome. I would love to do it, but uh... yeah, it's a, it's a long way to come for a land party. To me, well, you can do it over live. Like <laughs> summer is a possibility. Any other season, absolutely not. Yeah, well, so it could happen. Could happen. Yeah, Who knows? Wow. That would be kind I mean, of... I wouldn't. I'm not bring my Xbox over with me. That would be ridiculous. Because you can't put They'd it in have to a take little it suitcase. Yeah, would they? <laughs> Yeah, what's this you've got in your house? Don't just That's just the thing I use for shooting people. You know, like uh, Andrew Breivik in uh, uh, Norway? Yeah, that's like me. I play the same games he played. Uh, I actually yeah. had some stories about him. Room, sir. Yeah, in the show notes tonight. Yeah. We noticed that uh, something in your luggage, sir, is overheating profoundly. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's just my Xbox. Yeah, well, it was interesting. You know, you know what he said about death on it because apparently he only pretended to be addicted to World of Warcraft. Have you have you read about this? Nope. No, basically, he said he used game addiction as a smokescreen to make people think he was addicted to games, so that he couldn't possibly up to be be up to anything else. Really, he was too busy engrossed in playing World of Warcraft, where in reality that was just a smokescreen so he could do all his other stuff. Yeah. So he did. He wasn't really that interested in it. And hey, someone, by the way. Richard Primrose says, uh, Chinny and Stu's Aussie bar staff theory is bollocks. It's all Aussie backpackers who come to London for their year out, get bar jobs, just go drinking in London. There's loads of them. Yeah. Yeah, someone else said that as well. I don't know. Oh, that they, is yeah. true, actually. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there is a lot of bar staff. Thank you. That. Richard Primrose is always right. I, d- I don't think it was as quite as abusive as that one, though. Someone else told us the same thing, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> but in a nicer way. <laughs> Didn't go, you're yeah. stupid, you two. Um, yeah, and that's it. So we're going to see you back. Anyway, are we still recording? Why do you... Yeah, do I don't know. It's just, it's... Brilliant. People are riveted. They can't take you. 
Yes. But the thing, that frustrates me when you always do that. I always forget that we're recording, it, and you always like <laughs> say, "Oh, goodbye!" Like we're actually talking to the people. Like this is done like, just to end thanks it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh God, this thing on my bollocks is really getting itchy. <laughs> just, just end it. Just don't. Uh, just don't worry about saying goodbye. Just end well, it. No, we can't let overseas connection do us up with their like you know outtakes. We have to have something fun at the end of the show too. Well, I don't know. Uh, in this case, you, boring. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought I heard a very funny your mama joke. Uh, nice. Well, day. Tell that, and then I'll just stop uh, the recording. Go. Your mom was so fat that I took a picture of her last Christmas, and it's still printing. Oh, that's kind. Of that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that one. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. I I heard one. Uh, your mom was so fat that if she had a waterbed, you'd have to fill it with Windermere. She. <laughs> your mom was so fat. She sits around the house. She really sits around the house. She goes well, out. Go sim- the kids go. Hey, Kool Aid. Uh, uh, your mom was so fat that she used to sit next to everybody in her class. <laughs> your your mom is so fat that every time she irons a knicker, she does a three mile round trip. So I'm getting very offended by this conversation. <laughs> half an hour to cook minute rice. <laughs> trip over phone. Two hours to watch sixty minutes. Stop the deaf answer. Okay. Um, right, so uh, we're ending this shit, right? That's really it, people. Stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs>